everybody. Uh, today, we once again have another former member who uh, has, we've been talking for a while. He's really wanted to share a story. And so um, we're excited to have uh, Nathan on today to talk and, and share part of a story and then just some other uh, points that he, he wants to kind of get across and, and share with us. Um, I, I wanted to say before we jump into this interview, uh, just to encourage you guys to uh it, it, it helps us out. It helps what we're doing. If you are taking the videos we're making and sharing them, especially on places like Facebook, it, one, it, it does help us out. It helps out what we're doing. But but more than that, the reason we really are, are beginning to ask you guys to share these videos is because we're getting so many emails. The emails that we're getting are just increasing where people are telling us about, you know, how this group has ruined their lives. And this isn't just people that are, are in the group and have uh, have been sucked into to the World Mission Society and personally lost years of their own lives. But we're getting emails from mothers and from husbands and wives and, and s sisters and brothers who are who are saying they've lost a member of their family to this group. And so like for over decades of their life, you know, we just got this this email from I won't mention names, but but a, a woman whose daughter has has just been in this group for, I think, um, for just many, many years. And basically she has lost her daughter to this group. And so there's so many just desperate people that, that, um, we, we want to, we want these videos to be going out because we want to spread awareness about this group. And there's so many people that are just not aware of this group. The, the amount that this group is going out and evangelizing, I think needs to be matched by and, and overcome by videos like these being produced where there's there's more awareness about this group than there is evangelizing by this group, if that makes sense. And so so we're just asking that you'd please, as you're watching these, that you would take these and, and share them with your friends, share them. And, and some of you, I know you're probably not able to do that because, um, you know, you're still probably close enough to this group that you don't want to, um, there might be consequences for that. And so obviously use judgment there, but if at all possible, please share these videos. Um, so with that said, Nathan, thank you for coming on today and, and being willing to share your story. Sir. So you are from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm originally from California. Um, Born and raised in California. Um, I moved out here 2015, I want to say. So I, I've been living here about like five years now. Okay. Um, man, very beautiful. Yep. <laughs> very beautiful, very, very beautiful, but cold. Uh, but yeah, I love it. I love it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Cool. Um, so I, I know just I want to say this for members that your audio is coming through really good. But I think when you first talk, there's a little bit of a muffle. So like the first second and a half is muffled and then it comes in. And so that's totally fine. I can still understand what you're saying. I'm just more saying that for people listening, just so that they're aware yeah. that that's okay. that it's just it's just the way, you know, that's part of, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to do these interviews well. And, and right now we don't have great tools to do them. We're just kind of doing them in simple ways. And so that's kind of the setback sometimes that happens. But, um, but having said that, um, would you just kind of tell us like, when, when did you join this group and, and just kind of quickly maybe tell us kind of your story of how, of when this happened, when you joined and then, and then kind of tell us to why you ultimately left. Well, 
Well, I um, I was baptized December 2010 of December. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but I do know I was baptized in 2010 uh, in December. I was baptized in the location of uh, Reseda, uh, the Reseda branch uh, in California. Um, and yeah, I, so when I, I, I was a member for about like three years and a half, I want to say, uh, the reason why I say three years and a half, because, um, so I'm going to base my memory. Um, cause I mean, I had, it's been about like eight years since I've been, you know, since this whole thing has happened. Oh, wow. Okay. So and I was, I was baptized and in Reseda and, um, the way I got approached about the church was so, um, at that time I had a, I had a girlfriend at that time. Um, it was right. I was fresh out of high school, fresh out of high school. I was 18 years old. I just graduated. Um, and my girlfriend at that time, her cousin actually was going to this church. And I know, like I told you before, I was born in a Christian family. Uh, my, my dad, uh, he believes in Jesus Christ. Uh, he's like a Pentecostal, um, and so I was. I was brought in the church. I was raised in the church, like as a little kid. Right. Uh, but after high school, I wanted to really like seek God on my own. You know, I wanted to like for myself. You know, it, it's not that I didn't believe my dad that what he was teaching me was right. It's just like when you grow, you know, in your life, when you grow, eventually you want to seek stuff on your own, right? Um, and so that's what I did. And so, um, I had a girlfriend at that time and her cousin was the one who actually tried to preach to me. She told me about God and she was like, Oh, do you go to church? And I said, yeah, I do. But like, not really. Uh, my dad actually goes to church. Um, that's how it started. Just like a little small talk. And so eventually, um, we, she ended up preaching to me. And so I remember meeting her at the church in uh, Reseda, uh, in called Zion, because they call it Mount, Mount, Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got there, and then we just, we just started studying, and we just started studying. And I remember my first subject was uh, called uh, The Seeker of the Forgiveness of Sins. Um, I don't know if you like, are you familiar with that, uh, subject? Um, not, I don't think it's, so that's one of their studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that study is called the secret of forgiveness of sins. It's okay. a study of pretty much, uh, why we're here on earth, where we were before we were created and where we're going after we die. Okay. And so like, they teach us, uh, like the earth is a spiritual prison, just like a physical prison, um, how there's pain, suffering, trials, and tribulations, and like, you know, the same way in this earth, there's no happiness, there's no, you know, uh, there's always pain and death and mourning, you know, all that negative things. Yeah. So that was my first subject uh, when I first started uh, studying there, and I remember when I first walked in uh, to the church. Uh, it was crazy because uh, they took me back all the way to the back of the room. Like, it was like the last room in the back. Like, it was very, very in the back. I'm like, man, why am I going all the way in the back? 
You know, like, I'm going all the way to the back, and it's like, man, how come you can't go to one of these study rooms? <laughs> you know, like, it's right here. There's no one right there, yeah. you know? And, um, but yeah, they took me all the way to the back, and then, uh, I remember, uh, this guy studying. I mean, I, I know his name, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to say Yeah, that's name. probably good. And, um, so we started studying. That was the first, that was, that was the first study, uh, the secret, the secret of forgiveness of sins. And they were telling me, uh, how much I'm a sinner. <laughs> um, they're like, have you ever wondered why you're here? Have you ever wondered, uh, where you were before you were created? Have you ever wondered where you're going to go after you die? And through this study, we're going to understand where you were, how you could go back and, um, and why are we here? Like, you know, and so like all that stuff. And I was like, wow, okay. Like you, you're going to tell me where I was before I was created, why I'm here on this earth and where I'm going to go after I die. Like, you're going to tell me that. All right. Sign me up. Do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, so that, 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 that was the first subject. Uh, that was actually the first subject I studied. And then from there, man, the rest is history. Uh, I just, started going started going and then it's crazy man because uh it's a really like a system you know uh the church is like a system uh like my brother jordan young he was saying uh it's like a business you know uh the church has a system it has its flow it has it has its way of doing things it, it, it has its way of um how to talk Yep. You know, uh, they know how to say, when to say, at, at the perfect time. It's like train, like, it's like, this is one of the subjects I want, I want to touch, touch with you upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it was just a lot of studying, a lot of studying. And then after all, man, I just thought about, hey, I'm all in, you know, like, I'm all in. Like, I know all these subjects I've been studying here for a while now. Like, and then, okay, so when do you want to get baptized? <laughs> you know, uh, so I got baptized, I want to say probably like a year later or probably I want to say like six months or eight months. Okay. So did at that point, at the point that you were baptized, had they at that point shared with you the teachings about Ong Song Hong and Mother God or they had already? Okay. Because I, I know I've heard of after that was like after the first subject. Okay, because so like the because like when, when you're new, oh sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean no, that's fine. Wrong. Go ahead. Um, because when you when they first uh, when they when they first when you when when you first brought when you're first brought into the church, they don't tell you anything about Ansang Hong. They don't tell you nothing about Mother unless unless you already know about the church and like you're there to like. Uh, have an argument with them, you know, like this yep. is not right. And like, so, but like, if that, if that was to occur, uh, you know, they just kick them out and be like, go, go away, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and so, so when I was first there, I didn't know anything about father or anything about mother. It was just, uh, why are we here? Um, and then the next subject was called the seal of God. It's called, uh, the whole Passover, you know, the end of the world, um, the whole end of the world studies. And then after I started learning about mother, um, I learned about mother first and then I learned about father. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I learned about father first and then mother. 
um that's when and then after when my subject was uh uh the tree of life and christ unsung home okay um so like when you first when you first there in your brain you they just go uh it's like a you know like a market a supermarket a market when like uh when i say when they first open they do like a soft opening yeah so like so in the same way in this in this matter will be like oh this is uh like a soft open like they don't tell you oh here's here's some steak and here's you know like here's uh it kind of goes back to i can't remember who i was talking to but it is that concept where they they tell you like you're saying the soft things up front because what that does is it makes you comfortable enough to get into the doors and once you get into the doors, they close them behind you with their like. It, this is a metaphor, obviously. It's they metaphorically yeah, close yeah, right, the doors right, right, right. with with the harder doctrine, and then the fear tactics, and kind of uh, you know we've talked to multiple multiple of the people we've interviewed at this point have talked about you know the the loving the loving and caring right. nature they yeah. show up front and how they're they kind of they do close. anything for you <laughs> then kind of once you get inside it kind of turns into guilt trips and into yeah. um you know pressure to to do things and into pointing fingers at, at what you're not doing and, and and really just seems like they close the doors with fear tactics they yeah. close it by by uh, and kind of lock the doors so that you you don't go out because they start to preach the harder facts and and start to p- preach things about fear and and hell and and what you must do in order to avoid you know God's wrath pretty much and so they catch you they catch you and they're like all right you know like yeah. you're part of us now <laughs> yep yep yeah so okay so what um, tell us what kind of eventually caused you to start doubting? Like, like what were the things that you started to think of that caused you to doubt and, and ultimately led you to leave? They said that God has kids. That didn't sit right. That didn't sit right with me. They to- So they told you that Ong Song Hong had physical kids okay so he has three sons is that something like that they they, they, man they they say like they say all kinds of things man they first they said they had he had three kids with her and then they said that he has two more with somebody else and then they said that she has one with somebody else and then i'm like what that don't make like that that's nasty because like brother if you if you really look at it if you think about it like God the Almighty, right? God, we are His creation, right? We're His creation. He created us. God is all powerful, all knowing, and omnipotent, omnipotent, and omnipresent, right? Yep. And so, how does it make sense that God, who created the heavens and the earth, and who created us, His creation, why would He come down out of heaven to this earth? and create with his creation mm-hmm. like how how nasty does that sound and even you know something i haven't even thought of this until now but if on song hong has physical children then and on song hong was god then that means the dna of god is in those children so that makes on song hong's own children partial deity like i don't I don't know any other way to sit like logically that's just the way it is. Like if yeah. like on Song Hong, who's supposedly God, second coming Christ, father, he has 
you know, his own physical son is still alive. I don't know. I think maybe his other sons, I, I think maybe some of them died. I don't really know. That's something yeah. I probably should look into more. But I know one of them, and I think he's like the 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 leader of a, you know, the different organization. I think the NCPOG. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a, a crazy thought that if, if that's true, then shouldn't they being so like why shouldn't they be worshipped or something aren't aren't these yeah. other gods that you know what i'm saying that doesn't like, make sense to me at all at all at all man like that 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 didn't sit right that didn't sit right i mean it's like it didn't make sense so like i mean so my first reaction on that was like at first like it didn't sit right with me physically i, I i'm not like like personally you know it didn't it didn't really sit right with me yep so um and um so I didn't really ask questions. So because we weren't allowed to ask questions, uh, we couldn't ask, we couldn't ask questions at all. Uh, we couldn't question anything. Like yeah. we were taught not to question because if you're questioning, you'd be like, Oh, like you lack of faith. Yeah. Like, you know, like why, you know, like why are you questioning the truth? And like, so I never questioned anything, you know, so it was just like, so can we, you know, that's man, that's a big, that's a big point that comes up a lot. And I think it'd be worth stopping there for just a second. And and we've, we've, we've talked about this a lot, but like, I just want to know, like, what would you say to members right now? Cause I know there's current members that will watch this video. And so what would you say to them to encourage them that don't listen to that? Like, don't listen to that pressure that you're being, given to not search this thing out um is there anything you 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 would say to them personally right now as an encouragement to say like don't listen to that but just go and actually search this thing out and find out if it's true at first it's hard because um because when i first felt when i first fell off like when i first stopped stopped attending the church um i was scared I was scared because, like, I thought the world, like, okay, if I'm not at this church, like, my, my life is over. Yeah. Like, like, my heart, my heart was beating, like, like, you know, like, yeah. man, because, because, because the way, the way I went out, the when I went out, um, I'll, I'll explain, like, in, the, in a little bit. Okay. Um, it, it's, man, man, because, well, first, if you, it's hard because if you, depends how long, how long you've been there. You okay. Know, if you, if you've been there for like a year or two, then you have a good understanding about the church. You have, you know, you have a more of an understanding about the church than when you first started attending there. But if you're there, like if you just started attending, like you're like six months in the church. If you're like three months in the church, um, it's kind of hard for them because they're still fresh minded. Yep. You know, they're still fresh minded and like there's they're not like they're not very easy to like tell them, oh, that's a lie. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy to tell them, hey, what you're what you're following is not the truth. You're like, saying that it's it's not easy for the newer members or the ones who've been in there longer? Because because so like when, when you go to the church, it's not just you going to the church like because when you're there. Man, you're studying the Bible like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, man, like when you read the Word of God, like the more you read, the more you believe, right? 
Yep. Because it's the it's the truth of God, right? It's the truth of God. And so like when you're reading the Bible and you're reading it when you're and you're feeding your soul with the word of God, you're so consumed with the word, and if someone tells you something that's like against it, automatically you're gonna be like, What? This is the word of God. Like God, like I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Who are you to tell me like what not to do? Yeah. You know, in the beginning it's hard because for that reason, because they have a fresh mind, they have a fresh, everything is fresh, everything is new. So, like, they're just so in awe with all the teachings, because all this teaching that they're teaching, that, that, that they have, all these teachings are only taught at this church. Yeah. There's nowhere in the world, nowhere in the world where... These teachings that this church is that this church is following, like there's nowhere in the world, bro. Like nowhere in the world, like and like it's crazy because like the more the more you get in the church, the more you learn, the more all the prophecies you understand. It's like second guessing it, you know, because. All the prophecies, all the prophecies that they're showing us, and everything yeah. that they're showing us, and it's like, man, I can't question that. Like, what? How am I going to question that? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, what's mind blowing? What's mind blowing is that, like, all this stuff from the Bible, right? Like, it's the same Bible you read, the same Bible that I'm reading, but also I want to clear up. I, I'm not defending them at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing I, I want to throw out there. I am nowhere in any shape or form defending this church because uh, this church actually could edit this video and twist my words up. Yeah. And because they've done it before. Yeah. Not me, not me specifically, but I've seen it. I've seen it happen with other, with uh, uh, other members. So I think, you know, as you're, you're talking about, and I'm hearing this too, you know, that they, their teachings are so unique and they, they, the, the prophecies that they teach, it's so like profound and so deep and, and nobody else is teaching it. Um, all these things really, it kind of makes me think of, uh, like a smoke screen is kind of what it is. It's like this, this illusion of something that's grand and deep and, and theological and, 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 uh, you know, has all this wisdom behind it. But ultimately it kind of comes back to, Colossians 2, where, where um, Paul actually, he says, uh, let nobody deceive you with, let me, I want to find exactly what he says here. Um, so he says, I, I say these things in order that, he says, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. He's talking about Jesus Christ, the man Jesus. Um, and he says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments or convincing arguments for though I'm absent in body, I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Then in verse eight of Colossians two, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, um, according to the basic principles of this world and not according to Christ. And so I, I bring that up to say that there are convincing arguments on the side of the devil. The devil is, I mean, if you, you look at the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, what was the devil's strategy? His strategy was to use the Bible in a convincing way. And so the fact that this group can use the Bible and it seems like compelling and it's, it's, it's convincing and it's deep. Well, 
Satan can do that. So that in itself is not evidence that this is true or not. What tells us whether th this group is true or not is not how convincing and how like profound their Bible knowledge is. It's what does that teaching lead to? What ultimately is that teaching saying about ultimately the person of Jesus Christ? And when you when you examine the, the teachings of this church and these profound things that they're saying, Ultimately, their teachings, their doctrine results in them denying Jesus. They, this group denies Jesus in a more blatant way than I think any other cult I can think of. Like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, they will at least still claim that salvation is through Jesus. You know, you talk to a Mormon and they'll, they'll exalt the person of Jesus. This group will flat out say, you can just go to their website and they'll say, you cannot be saved by Jesus. And, and of course they'll say, you know, Ong Song Hong is, is Jesus, but they are literally denying the name Jesus. They are, they're, they're, they're denying the finished work of Christ on the cross. I mean, <laughs> you look at the Bible and the description of what Jesus accomplished. It's this, it's these this terminology constantly used in the New Testament of something that's complete. Colossians 2 talks about it's complete, it's full, it's finished. It, it, it can't be added to. What Jesus did, he, he obtained an eternal redemption is what Hebrews talks about. And so, so this group, I'm saying all that to say that this group, the fact that they have what seems like profound teachings means nothing because Every, I guarantee you, every cult group thinks that they have profound teachings. They think they've, you know, I've talked to so many Mormons. I've sat down with Mormons and had long conversations. And one of the main things I'll go back to is the Book of Mormon. And they'll say, this book is just, it's amazing. Nobody could write these things that are in this book. They're just profound and they're deep and they're, they're so, they, they so relate to my life. And, and they'll just exalt the teachings of the Book of Mormon. That's exactly what, what this group is doing when they, when, when members think that that they'll, they'll, they'll equate the fact that the, the world and society has deep teachings and think that therefore means this group must be true. You need to know that, and, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying people that are listening need to know every cult group does that. Every group does that. Every group thinks they've got these deep, profound teachings that nobody else has. And so that's not unique. I'd just say that's not unique to the world mission society. Now, they might teach things that other groups don't teach, but Mormons teach things that the world mission society doesn't teach. And the Mormons would sit there and think, well, these guys aren't seeing the truth that we have. And, and so all of it just brings me back to that word smokescreen. So they will, they'll use this idea that they have these profound, deep teachings. Nobody else teaches them. And that therefore means we're the true church. Well, that's just not true. That's just, that's a silly way of arguing. What they should be doing is, is, is rather than basing whether this is true or not on, on that idea, go to the Bible, see what does the Bible say about Jesus Christ? You can come back to that simple thing. Who does the, who, who do men say that I am? That was the ultimate question. I think that Jesus asked. Who does Paul say Jesus is? Who does Peter say Jesus is? Who, who does Jesus say Jesus is? And then examine that, compare it to who does the World Mission Society of Church of God say he is? And that is the, the determining factor of whether or not this group is true. And when, when, you, when you speak about Jesus, um, this is uh, something that just came to my mind when you're uh, speaking. Uh, my years being there, you know how many times I actually heard the word Jesus? Like, like I mean, I, I mean, I mean, like 
besides me reading the Bible, you know, you know what I mean? Like besides reading them and reading like, okay, Jesus, Jesus, you know, but like, I'm just saying like hearing the name Jesus, right. Like somebody in the church, I probably only heard the, the name Jesus probably like three times. Wow. <laughs> like three times or twice out of my three years being at that church, like someone actually talking about Jesus. Wow. Because everyone's talking about Han Tang Hong, father, mother. Uh, you know, it's no longer Jesus because we have the new name. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Which we, is. We have. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's like, and that that's mind blowing to me because like, like it just, it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, but uh, I do want to uh, uh, touch on these subjects, if that's okay with you. Yes. Um, and I would say just to kind of close, I think to close up that point that we're talking about there is, yeah. you know, First John 2, 23, where he says, um, no one who denies the son has the father. Whoever confesses yeah. the son has the father also. Now, I know immediately their reply to that would be, well, we're not denying the son. Like we acknowledge Jesus. But no, you're not. You're not acknowledging Jesus in the way that this verse means. This doesn't mean you acknowledge him as having been the savior of a past age. This means you're acknowledging him as your savior, as the one who brought eternal redemption. You're acknowledging Jesus as the savior, as the king. You're acknowledging the name of Jesus that is the name above every names that every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess to. In the future, it will be the name of Jesus that every knee bows to, not Ong Song Hong. And so the in in the most clearest display of denying Jesus that you can possibly imagine, the Worldness and Society Church of God is doing that. They are at the very core of what their doctrine teaches, they are denying the person of Jesus Christ and who he truly yeah. is. So that's just like that's a sin, man. <laughs> yeah. It's the ultimate you know, sin. That's, I mean, yeah. that, I think that's, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, where it's the Holy Spirit communicates to us who the reality of who Jesus is. And we reject that and deny it. And we say, no, what Jesus did, who he is, isn't enough. There needs to be something more, you know, Ong Song Hong needs to come in 1948 and, and finish, you know, the, the, the 37 years of, of prophecy of, of preaching yeah. that Jesus didn't fulfill. And, and it's just like, yeah, that, that is in essence, like at the core of what makes a cult a cult is that they yeah. say who Jesus is, what he did is not good enough. It's not enough. And there needs yeah. to be something more. Joseph Smith yeah. needs to come along and bring a further revelation. Ong yeah. Song Hong needs to come along and add to, you know, he needs to finish the Davidic prophecy that Jesus didn't fully fulfill. But Jesus says, no, that's not true. He's hanging on the cross and his final words are, it is finished. It's done. Yeah. It's accomplished. I have done it. Nothing more needs to be added to it. Yeah. And so, yeah. so with that having been said, go ahead and I go jump into, you know, whatever point now that you want to, bring up that you have i know you have several points that you want to bring up so. yes 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 uh appreciate it thank you again um so i have a few things a, a few things actually i want to share uh with you and the whole world that's going to be watching this uh, so one of the subjects that i want to touch upon was uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with it i'm pretty sure you are um so it's about arranged marriages uh yeah. So, I'm I'm sure you know. Uh, yeah, definitely. What, yeah, right, right, right. And 
man that's 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 another thing man like that's that is alive it's well it's it's happening uh it's been happening it's still happening and it's going to happen it's still going to happen um so arranged marriages at that church man is real i've seen it happen uh a couple examples um so i had uh we we used to have these uh trips these annual trips to korea um every year we have these annual trips to korea every year every year we have these trips um and what was crazy because when i was at that church um i noticed a lot of people when they would go to korea um they will go and then they'll come back married but like they weren't even married when they were going you know but like so like i mean it was none of my business you know like i'm like damn like okay you know like i i i mean i'm not gonna question you know i'm not gonna question anything because if i do i'm gonna get in trouble yeah you know so i'm not even gonna ask nothing so i just really stayed to myself and i just like look you know i just pay attention you know what i mean like i just pay attention to everything that was going on in my surroundings and so there was a couple uh, a brother of, of mine who actually him and his uh, girlfriend at that time wanted to get married and they had kids already you know they already had two three kids already and they're they've been together since like high school and so they're already grown you know he's already like 32 his wife is like 31 28 whatever very young and so are you saying they were married or they weren't married married they weren't married okay no they weren't married and so they wanted to get married yep but pastor didn't allow it wow allow it and i'm like wait a minute they have kids that's nuts yeah that's nuts like the bible teach us the man and woman are one yeah like and if you have kids with that woman, like not that specific, not that like that uh, part specifically, but like when a man and woman like come together, yep. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're supposed to be one, right? Yep. Yep. And so how that makes sense to where they, these people are going to Korea and coming back married to people who they don't even know. Yep. They don't even know that person at all. Like, so how is it okay for you to arrange a marriage to someone that they don't even know? But then you can allow that, but then you can allow someone that wants to get married and they've been knowing each other their whole life. And on top of that, they have kids. Yeah, you're breaking up a family. Like, what? And so I, I came to uh, uh, understanding, uh, I was taught directly uh, that, oh, it was the will of mother. Um, mother said, oh, it, um, it was always mother said, mother said, you yeah. know? And Which in reality, mother was absolutely oblivious that these people even exist in reality. Like she, she doesn't have, she doesn't yes. have a clue that these people exist. <laughs> you know, if they go visit her, they're going to have to have name it, tags because she doesn't even yeah. know their names. And so exactly what a silly argument. 
understanding that I was told directly that in order, because I, I asked, I asked, I was like, how, how does marriage work? You know, like, how do you get married? I mean, I wasn't planning to get married. I mean, I was 18 years old. I was just fresh out of high school. You know, like, I wasn't trying to get married or anything. You know, I just had a question. And so, a brother told me, he said, brother, he goes, you have to be financially stable in order to get married. And um, you, you had to be financially stable. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I, I knew that. And so, but what didn't sit right with me was like, they were arranging marriages to only Korean women. Only Korean women. You weren't marrying a Japanese. You weren't, you weren't going to marry no Chinese. You weren't going to marry, uh, what's another uh, uh, Asian culture um you know yeah, like you know any I mean? other, yeah. like you know what i mean and like no they were only married only korean women only korean women and i'm like why are they only married only korean women and it's like and i came to finally i came to understanding that that uh they actually were using them to so they could have a visa here in the united states oh yeah kind of to help spread it so they were helping the Koreans get a visa. That's why they were arranging them to get married only to Korean women. Because as an American, right, if you get married, uh, I mean, you know the whole rule, right? Like the whole American uh, could, like if I'm American and somebody else wants to get married, if I, I want to marry a Korean woman and have her a citizenship, she has to get married to me, right? And so... That's the way it worked. They were only marrying Korean women because so they could have a visa here in the United States, which honestly, brother, that is sad. Yeah. And so you like, think the motivation there is because they want those Korean women coming over here and then helping to spread the, yeah. the evangelize the United States? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. None, none of those women at that church, even men, I want to say, they don't even work. They don't have. They don't have jobs. Like they don't have no jobs. They don't work. They have no income. They have no W twos. Like they don't pay taxes. And like they live in that church. You know, they sleep there. Like they sleep there. Like they. That's their house. You know, like they're just living off tithes and offerings that we're paying every Saturday. You know, and it's like that's how they're living. They're living off our tithes and offerings, so like they're stealing people's money. Wow, and not yeah. only that, not only that, that they're lying to people, and not only that, that they're mar they're arranging marriages to marry Korean women only so they can have a visa here in the United yeah. States. Out of the motivation of spreading their their religion in the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's. I think, yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. So let's just kind of move through these points because that's, I'm glad you brought that up. And that kind of brings um, some clarity too, to, to me about what their motivation is for the arranged marriages. And that's, that's just off. That, that leads to my last subject of that I'm going to probably touch it on right now is that, uh, I, I mean, this is my opinion. Uh, my, I feel like if they're, Cause I mean, if they're just arranging marriages to Korean to Korean woman only, I mean, if you ask me, like, oh, visa, I mean, I think, man, like, 
I think they should get investigated. Yeah. Like, you know, like they should, like the world, that church, the church of God, the world mission type church of God needs to be investigated. It's specifically the Koreans. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a racist. You know, I'm not against Koreans. I have Korean friends, mm-hmm. you know, I have black friends, white friends, Korean friends, Asian friends, Filipino friends. I got all kinds of friends, you know? Um, but just these people at this church, I feel like they should get investigated because of what they're doing. Um, they're stealing people's money. They're arranging, they're arranging marriages to Korean women to get their visas. And like, they're stealing people's money. Yeah. And like, also like time, man. Like, you know, how much, you know, how much time we spend at that church, man. Like, oh, bro. It's like, like Jordan, he was born in that church and like he spent his whole life. Like I was with Jordan when that when I was when I was in in that church. Oh, you were. Um, yeah, I okay. was with him. Yes, I was with him. I was actually he was in the, he was because uh, he's younger than me. So when I was there, he was in the kids group. Uh, he was in the in the in the, in the youth like the kids. He was mm-hmm. in the in the, uh, the the teen section. He was in the, in the teens group, and I was in the youth group. And so, uh, I I mean I I saw like. I saw, I mean, I was right there with Jordan, like, you know, when, when everything was going down. So you left the church then probably years before Jordan did. Oh, yeah, I did. I left, I left, I left way after he did. Okay. Which reminds me, before you continue on with your points, maybe finish telling us how you, how that happened. Cause I think we, we, we didn't finish that part of the story yet of what actually caused you to leave. What caused me to leave was when I found out that God has kids. Okay, so that was so we did talk about that. So that was kind of the the thing that just pushed you over the edge. Yeah, it didn't sit right with me in the beginning, but then that was an ultimate reason why I left because uh, I had a roommate of mine who I was living with at that time, uh, and uh, he who same group with uh, um, with um, Jordan, and so. He was very smart, smart, smart guy. And so, like, I didn't want to damage his soul. Like, I didn't want to be the reason why he stopped going because in the church they teach you, oh, his blood is in your hands. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, you say, if you cause your brother to fall away or whatever, for whatever reason, I, don't know, I forgot the verse. It's been a it's while. Better since. than a millstone be tied around your neck and you be cast yeah, in the bottom so. of the sea. That yeah, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I never told him anything. You know, I didn't tell him, like, hey, like, I found out some stuff about this church. Yeah. You know, like, because I, I didn't want, I didn't want God to punish me, mm-hmm. you know, because of what, what we were taught. You know, what we were taught, I'm like, man, so I'm like, hey, he's going to have to find out on his own. Like, you know, but like, I mean, we, we lived together, so it was kind of hard. You know, it was hard. It was hard for me to um, hide it from him because... Like, we live together. You know, we, we both live together. So, like, he noticed I wasn't going anymore. And so, like, he noticed I wasn't going to church. And so, like, before he even asked me, he was, like, like he started looking at me, like, what's going on with him, you know? And, like, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't just lock myself in my room and just not talk to him. Like, yeah. unless, unless he did something to me, you know? Excuse me. Um... And so, and I told him, I was like, look, this is why I'm not going. And I told him, like, look, this is what I found out. And, man, that guy, he went to the laptop 
and did his research and he printed out all kinds of pages about the church. He found out about like the church as a business, where where the pastor was working at, uh, like all these uh, sources of um, like all kinds of things about the church, like how it was a business. How so like, he he had never really researched before, no, and he no, researched he and it just opened up a whole can of worms. So, Yes. So did he, he end did. up leaving as well? Yes, he did. He he was in there longer than I was actually. He was okay. in there for a he was in there party for like I want to say like six years. Wow. I say. Yeah, he was in there for six years. Wow. Uh, but yeah, th- that was the main reason for me leaving, man, because like, God has kids, um, and like that didn't sit right with me at all. You so know, as like, you that, were as you were researching, did you come across things like like? Uh, things within Ahn Song Hong's books that have been changed, which is which oh, is true. Yeah, yeah. I've been on about that. I I I known about all that. I I knew like God, like uh, he had these books and like, but like all that didn't phase me. You know, like all that didn't phase me because like, um, so we had these course classes. Um, we had these course classes, and so these course classes um, are like Bible subjects that like. The more you like, the more you're studying, you know, the more you read the word, the more you're that's how your faith is built. Right. And so they were they taught us that, like, if you're ever doubting, read the word of God. You know, if you ever feel like you're in doubt, you ever feel like you're in questioning, you ever feel like you deny you're in denial or whatever. Read the like, you know, just like read, uh, just do a Bible study by yourself. Um, not even by yourself. Actually, they did not want us to yeah. study by ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did not want us. They never wanted us to study by ourselves. And why? You they know, they didn't want us to think for ourselves. Yeah. You know? that's that's very interesting too. When you man, that's some, uh, another thing that I haven't even thought about till you just said that. But yeah. if you look back at what happened, what like the Reformation was all about. Um, one of the primary things that was going on there involved the Catholic Church prohibiting their mem- like prohibiting the lay people from having access to the Bible by themselves. Like like they the they didn't want the the common man to have to be able to take the Bible and go away and just read it on their own. And so, um, man, this group, the World News Society, that is like the Catholic Church to them is like the the worst of the worst, oh, you know, the Antichrist. They but they're yeah, doing and <laughs> doing that and 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 they're that that um, that mindset they have of keeping their members from studying on their own. They don't want their members to go off and study the Bible by themselves. That is exactly what what one of the major problems was w- with the Catholic Church that that resulted in the Reformation, where where uh, you know the reformers wanted the common man to be able to have access to the Bible and to and to be able to you know to be taught personally by the Holy Spirit as the scriptures teach. You know, God wants to personally have us personally reading his word so he can personally teach us. And that's what, you know, 
Jesus said about the Holy Spirit before he left that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he will guide you into all truth. He will teach you. And then in first John, he says, we, you know, we don't need that any man teach us because we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so, man, that that's an interesting connection there where you have the world mission society who is so against the Catholic church, but they're doing exactly what the Catholic church did and prohibiting their members and, and trying to trying to withhold the access to the scriptures and discouraging members from going off and just studying the Bible on their own. Um, they want everything that they study as far as the Bible goes, they want it all to be filtered through them. Um, and that's, that's, that's the Catholic church. That that's what, that's, that's what they were guilty of that resulted in the reformers wanting to bring that, that reformation and, and that change within the church. Well, yeah, man, that's is man. That's that's just like so. What that, that's crazy, man. Like you know, like at really like it's mind blowing because when you when you're like like learned everything. Like when you like when you're confirmed with all the information that's given to you, like about the church, like everything that you studied, everything that like I studied, all the prophecies that I studied, um, all the feasts that I kept, all of all the Passovers that I kept, all the services that I kept. My whole poem there, like all that poem that I spent studying, it was hard for me to even think for myself because I'm so consumed in the word and like me knowing it's the truth, right? Yeah. Like I'm thinking in my head, like I'm in the truth. Like there's no way, like there's, I can't fight against this, mm -hmm. you know? Like I can't fight against it because like, if, if I have a person, then it's like, oh, like, oh, let's, let's, let's study the Bible, you know? Like, but it's a lot of times it's like, I don't even want to study right now, brother, you know? Like, and they get offended, they, they, they get offended because if I just, not in a rude way, but if I just tell them like, oh brother, like I don't feel like studying right now, like I'm not in the mood, they'll take that to heart. You know, they'll take it to heart and like, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, like I won't get rebuked. You know, like if I'm lucky, like I'm not gonna get rebuked because I just turned the brother down for Bible study. Yeah. Like, and then, like, that part is just, like, I shouldn't feel like that. Yep. You know, like, I shouldn't feel like that. And it's, like, when you're consuming all that prophecy and all that stuff, you never, you, like, it's hard to, like, even question what they're teaching you because everything just makes sense. And yep. it's, like, it's, like, I can't, I can't even ask, I can't even question this because, like, it's like you in a circle, like in the corner, it's like, okay, like, like, you know, like, show me where, where your doubt is, or like, you know, like, why are you thinking that? Like, show me why are you thinking that, you know? And it, it, and it's like, I can't because you just showed me this and I got, I got nothing to say, you know, like, what am I going to say? Like, you just showed me this. Like, I can't, I can't go against that. Yeah. Like, you know, and it, it is like unknowingly, like it's the lie. It's a lie, man. And it's like it's it's like 
it's, it's crazy, man. It's manipulate, manipulative and, and yeah, it's deceptive. It's just, yeah, they're just, they're using the scriptures and, and, uh, I mean, I'll just say it's a demonic way. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lying false spirit. It's, they're masquerading as angels of light. And so, yeah, it's like they're they're just manipulative with their use of the scriptures, and so they use the scriptures to lock you in and to 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 keep you bound up in that corner. And so you know you try to move out one way, and they'll kind of roadblock you with these set of scriptures that they're twisting to make it to make it seem as if it's supporting the world and society. So you can't get out that way. So you try to go another way and they'll roadblock you again with, you know, another set of twisting of the scriptures. And so you're just like, well, what do I do? You know, it's, and, and, and that's, what's leading so many people to be in such a place of confusion um, because it, it's all founded people's confusion and their inability to leave this group is founded on the faulty assumption that this group is following the teachings of the Bible. And so it's like, well, I can't, what can I do? You know what? How can I leave that? And so, yeah, I, maybe, I don't know. This is maybe kind of a, a broad question, but like, what what's something you can think about? Like you having grown up in a Christian home with a dad who, who believes in Jesus and, and you probably are familiar, you know, even before being in this group somewhat with scriptures, like what are some things that you've, you've, you see now that you think this group when you look, when you think about the Bible, you think about the scriptures, are there things you can think about that show that this group does not line up with the Bible? Like the, the things that they teach is not actually what the Bible teaches. Does that make sense? That question? Um, yeah, man. It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Can you, can you repeat it one more time? Yeah. I'm just wondering like from your perspective. So there's so many people that right now listening would say, well, this group, they follow the Bible. So, and, and, in a nutshell, I'm asking like you having come out of it and you now kind of on the outside looking back in, do you, can you bring up any areas that you can think of where, you know, they don't follow the Bible? Like this is a point where they contradict the Bible or the Bible teaches this, but they're teaching that. And, and, and they're not actually teaching the Bible. They're just deceptively making you think they are. So a lot of times. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think about um, my mind using the church um, when I was there. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, in the Bible where it says favoritism, not to show show favoritism. Yep. And so, um, so that was one of the subjects too. I want to touch upon. Um, Yeah. Um, so we just jump right, jump, jump right into it. Yep. Um, so favoritism yeah man they hold on one second so it was man yes uh, they would show a lot of favoritism a lot of favoritism man cause uh, in the bible it said not, not to show favor right Not I know I think it was uh, Peter talks about it or Paul that's yeah man that's interesting let me just before you dive into what you're going to talk about, let me just pull up some scriptures because I just typed in the word favoritism on, on my Bible thing on online. And it's just like so many scriptures. So just to kind of establish what you're about to talk about. So James two, one, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. If you're a follower of Jesus, what he's saying, you must not show favoritism. 
Acts 10, 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. So the God of this, the God, the creator of the universe, he is not a God that shows favoritism. So Colossians 3, 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongdoings and there is no favoritism. Uh, Galatians 2, 6, as for those who are held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me, is what Paul says, because God does not show favoritism. Um, there's a couple more here. So Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. Uh, James 2.9, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. Uh, man, and how much do they do that? The world and society. Um, and so then a couple from the Old Testament and I'll let you speak. But this is, man, this is a highly uh, important subject to God, obviously, because of how much he repeats it. So Leviticus 1915, he says, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. And then I'll just do one more. So first um, Timothy five says in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality or doing nothing out of favoritism. So, you're running to talk about favoritism, it sounds like, and that's just so we set up. That's a big deal to God as he's repeated that multiple times over and over all throughout Old and New Testament. So you know how they, uh, I don't know if you know it, but the church, they emphasize about the Sabbath day. You know how Sabbath oh, yeah. day, Sabbath day. And so whenever we would go out to preach or whenever like we would study the Bible, they would say, it's crazy how, like, in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, out of all the commandments, God said, remember the Sabbath day. Why did he say remember? Because, you know, we were going to forget, right? And that's what they would say. And like now, looking at looking at it now, I should have, God, I mean, not to add to what the word of God, right? Because God said, don't add or take away. And I, I mean, I'm not going to add to what the, 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 uh, the Lord says. But uh, it should have been great if you if God would have put remember to not show favoritism, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, man, they that they they showed a lot of favoritism, a lot of favoritism, and honestly, it might not seem like a big deal, but really that affected a lot of members, a lot of members. So describe and, that. Describe what what sort of favoritism did you see shown? So you're talking about within the culture of of this group of of the world society. Examples, many examples. Yes, many examples. Um, so one example is. Uh, so when I when I was first brought into the church, um, I studied with a with a brother who is now a missionary now uh, from from a source that I that I know. Um, he's a, he's a missionary now. Uh, he was just a brother at that time. Um, I'm not gonna say like, oh, he didn't favor me no more. You know, I mean? I'm, not, I'm not like gonna throw a fit and be like, yeah, yeah right. he didn't favor me. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's not, it's really not like that. It's not, it's not even about that. Yeah. But it's just a fact when after I learned what favoritism through the Bible, you know, I came to understand that, wow, that that's really evil. Like favoritism is really evil in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. um, and so a, a quick uh, example was, so that brother who first introduced me to the church, uh, you know, he, he, he was like 
uh, really like showing me love, you know, really showing me love. Like, you know, we will eat together, we will study together, we will uh, eat more together. Like, we will do everything together, you know, whatever activities, whatever we do, we will do them together, you know. But as time went by, uh, he was promoted, you know, he was got to a deacon. Okay. Uh, he, he was a deacon. And so once he got that title, be, becoming a deacon, um, he kind of like isolated himself from me, you know? Um, he isolated himself uh, because uh, in a church, so there's, um, we have course classes. Um, so there's course one, course two, and course three. And then after it is uh, either you're, you become a deacon or missionary or a pastor. And so I was in course one. Uh, I was in course one. Eventually, I went to course two, and that's as far as I've gone. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go to course three because I eventually stopped going to the church. Um, and so this brother that first preached to me about God, uh, about the whole mother, uh, he after a while when he became a deacon, like he stopped. Like he stopped talking to me. You know, like he stopped talking. He stopped. Like you know, we stopped. He stopped. Like he kind know, of studying. Together. Like he felt like he has gone to a higher level, and so there's no yeah. longer like an. He no longer wanted to kind of associate with the lower yeah. class. I yeah yeah and like and like I kind of get it because you know how like in the Bible it says uh, we're like sheep's you know and like they're they're feeding the we're like the flock you know and like there's like the main one and who feeds the flock or yeah. whatever. So like he was like my spiritual like he was feeding me spiritually you know because to to the Bible studies. Yeah. And so, why when he got to a deacon, uh, he stopped, like, we stopped studying together. We stopped, like, we stopped studying the word. Uh, we just stopped doing a lot of things together. And so, it never bugged me, you know, it didn't. And I personally, personally, like, I didn't care, yep. you know. But, like, it's just, like, but the Bible says not to show favoritism. Like, I was reading that. And so, like, he was, like, so he changed, you know, he changed. And, like, he was, like, uh, studying with other brothers and other 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 brothers stuff, and like I pulled them to the side because uh, so I brought up uh, church aside, just me as a person uh, growing up, you know, just like just me as a person, how I was brought up in my childhood. Uh, I I I could confront somebody, you know what I mean? Like I could confront somebody, but not in a disrespectful way, of course, not disrespectful, but. You know, just you know, in a in a respectful manner, just to communicate uh, because what's going exactly. on to kind of fix the right. relationship, yeah, which is right, healthy, right, right. yeah, that's healthy, yeah, exactly. Because well, right is right and wrong is wrong, you know. And so I you know, pull him to the side and I'm like, hey, brother, because uh, like if you look at it like, oh, I'm in course one, this guy's a deacon. Like, how's gonna look a guy from course one is gonna be checking a deacon like? You know, like, how does that look? Like, it, it don't look right, you know? It's like me trying to tell a pastor what to do. Like, hey, there's something that I don't like about you. And, like, you know, the pastor's not like, who are you? You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm the pastor. But um, so I, I, I approached him and I, I told him, I was like, hey, brother, like, you know, I feel like you're showing favoritism. Like, uh, you know, not, not like towards me, but, like, I feel like... Um, 
I, I just want to study the world with you, brother. You know, I just want I just want to study the world with you. You know, I just you know want to study the world. We haven't studied the word. You know, we haven't studied the word for a while. Um, you know, I just want to study the Bible with you, and he he rebukes me like. He straight rebuking me, you know. So you're seeing, you saw favoritism, obviously. And I'm, you know, that's, again, you know, one thing I want to point out is that this isn't unique to your experience. I want to say this to people watching because one of the defenses that I know will be brought up is, oh, well, that was just his experience. And these are just, you know, that was just his church. And it's like, this is, no, that's that's the culture that this, that this, this cult group produces it's a culture of classes it's a culture of pride in those who have been given greater uh greater portions of leadership and well well why why would it be like obviously they're these deacons are going to feel a sense of pride rather than humility in their positions because what's bringing them to that point what's what's causing them to become deacons well it's their own works it's because they're doing a lot it's you know uh, i can't again i can't remember who it was we were talking to but they they talked about how I think it was um, I think it was Luke from England that that it was when he started tithing more that's when he got promoted and that bothered him. It's like well, what another example of showing favoritism is like oh okay well you're giving more money that means you're you're worthy of of being given this position of higher leadership. It's like this it, again. It's like a business structure and it, it's it's not only a business structure but it's a works based system. That is totally against the, the the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and so of course, if these brothers are working and it's a result of their working and they're giving more ties and they're they're doing more, then they're promoted to a deacon. They're going to think, well, man, I'm better than these other people because I got promoted because I'm doing things better. I'm keep I'm I'm keeping the Sabbath more faithful. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that, and so that's going to result in pride. <laughs> and that's why, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, let me just point out this verse real quick and then we'll, I'll, I'll let you finish here. But um, Paul is talking about, so it's, it's first Corinthians four, seven, where he's talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking about there, some of some members in the church were boasting against the other. Um, so he says this, First Corinthians four, starting in verse six, brothers, I've applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit so that you may learn from us not to go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over another for who makes you so superior. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So basically what he's saying there is he's saying all this, the, the giftings of the spirit and the, 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 the positions of leadership within the church, all that is something that we freely receive as a result of the grace of God. God gives it freely. God gives it freely to us. It's not, as, it's, it's not a result of works so that any man can boast. But that's not what this church is walking in. That's not the way their system operates. Their system operates in you gain position, you gain a superior position, a superior uh, uh, place in the church based on your performance, based on what you do, the time you put in. And so, um, and so obviously what that will result in, in the human heart is pride. And that's exactly, I think, what you experience. You experience a, a, a brother, a, a guy who had 
being given this sense of pride in what he had accomplished in gaining this position, which caused him to look down on you and others. And again, I just say, this is not just your experience to those of you watching. This is the culture that the World Mission Society produces. Um, and it's a problem. It actually uh, affects, affected a lot of people, you know, and like, it's sad, man, because like, man like it's just man it's just a lot of wrong things you know like it's a lot of wrong things uh but uh the next um if it's okay we could uh, jump on to the next subject yeah real quick did you so you saw favoritism obviously shown within the church did you see that shown like as far as outside in the world like the people that you were preaching to did you see members or or were you being taught to show favoritism in your preaching yeah, to yeah and, um, so preaching, man, that was very strange, very strange, very, very strange, uh, very different, I say, because when you go, when you see you preaching, you see Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see Mormons right here all the time. Uh, they come to my door and you know that. Door, door. You know what I'm saying? You go at random neighborhoods and just door to door, right? But this church, man. So we had preaching time, and we had preaching places. Um, let me tell you, where we will go preach, man, we will go to some very nice places. Like, we will always go to high places, like, very nice places. Yep. Like, man, we, we go to Northridge, we go to... Um, man, we go to... They'll, they'll go to Glendale, Burbank... Um, Studio City. We go to. Uh, they, these are just cities in California. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to California before. Uh-huh. A couple times. Right, right, right. So um, you know, and we'll go to Thousand Oaks. We'll go to um, Thousand Oaks, Burbank, Glendale, Studio City, Northridge, Winneka. So like you're going to like the fancy higher yeah. end, yes. higher income. Areas. Yes, but you know what? It gets better than that. It gets better than that. We were going to places where gated communities, like we we're going to yeah. gated communities. How did like, you get in? Oh, brother, let me tell you how we got in. <laughs> get your popcorn ready. <laughs> I got my orange. Right <laughs> and I'm asking, I'm curious because I have a friend and this is interesting. Like a, uh, he's a messianic Jew who we're, I think we're going to soon have on this video because he had three guys come to his apartment recently here in town and he's in a gated community. So he was like, as they came to his door, it's like, how did these guys get in here? But uh, he was glad because he he's a Messianic Jew. He loves Jesus and he loved talking to them. But but it's kind of interesting, kind of threw him for a loop because one of their main things they do when they, they approach you is be like, you know, well, do you do you keep Sabbath? Do you keep Passover? They'll try to kind of play that to kind of yeah. show that you don't have the truth. And, and this guy, yeah. as a Messianic Jew, was able to say, yeah, I keep the Passover. I keep yeah. Sabbath, and here's why. So anyway, it's kind of a f- funny story, but we're, we're hoping to get him on here uh, hopefully soon and, and kind of talk about Passover and explain why Passover biblically is not for salvation or forgiveness. But all that to say, tell me, <laughs> Again, how are they getting in? How did you guys get in there? Man, hey, get your popcorn ready. Uh, <laughs> I got my orange. Okay. All right, <laughs> uh, so, so we will go to these gated communities, right? And let me tell you, the person I was with, 
it wasn't just an ordinary person, I tell you. It wasn't just a regular brother. It wasn't just like a brother from course two or, or brother from course one. No, this was a deacon. Like, this was a group leader. This was, uh, I know his name. You know, I know his name. Uh, I know his name. I know who he is, <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, bro, we, we jumped the fence. We we jumped the gate. He asked me to jump the gate. He goes, brother, jump the gate. I'm like, what? You think, I was like, you could get arrested for that, couldn't you? Exactly. I was like, brother, I could get arrested right now. I'm just trespassing. Like, and he goes, brother, he goes, father's coming soon, brother. Those, like, wow. brother, father could be here tomorrow. Like, he, and then I'm like, man, he really touched my soul. I'm like, all right, man, let me go, let me go jump the fence real quick. <laughs> Manipulation, right there. Yeah, Manipulation man. at its finest. Yes, yes, bro. And it's like, oh man, man, like, oh, we so we jumped. Like, he made me jump uh, the fence, and we. Start our preaching. Wow. Um, and let me tell you, it is not. It's it's a pretty penny to live in the gated community. It's not cheap, uh-huh. right? Unless you live in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless unless you're in jail, like it, it, man. Uh, yeah, we went to gated communities. A lot of gated communities, high end places. Let uh, me let me tag on a verse real quick. <laughs> to that just because it, it kind of applies and it's interesting but it again that's just that's just one of you know you guys jumping gated communities performing an activity that lawfully you could have been arrested like like that's a big deal you're literally you're trespassing and so um so romans 13 1 and this is said a couple times in the new testament but paul says everyone let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from god those that exist have been instituted by god consequently the one who resists authority is opposing what god has set in place and those who do so will bring judgment on on themselves and so this is basically one of a couple places in the new testament where paul is telling believers that the way they should relate to the authorities which would be the law which would be the law set in place is that you submit to them you obey them unless you know it's something that they're saying deny jesus deny the faith obviously you don't submit to those laws but but the law of like don't trespass in a gated community that's something that as a believer if you want to you know if you want to follow the command like the clearest commandments set forth in scriptures don't jump a fence to trespass like that's just that shows and again it shows Man, this this church that does things like that, like it's just kind of begging to have a bad name put on. It's just kind of begging to be like to, for it. It's just you asking know, like, for it. Yeah. Yeah, but like it didn't make sense because so we will also go to colleges. We will go to nice colleges. Very nice. We never went to the hood. I tell you, never. Yeah. We never went to the hood. Okay? Which I guarantee you, when Jesus was here, that's where he was oh, going. Yeah, you know, Jesus Jesus wasn't a pretty, he didn't have uh, nice blue eyes, like yeah. Uh, had his hair done all yeah. the time, like how you see him pictures. Yeah. Like man, he was a carpenter. He was dirty. Yeah. He didn't shower. Like 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have a home. I mean, it says foxes have dens, birds of the air has have nests, yeah. but the son of man has no place to lay. So he didn't even have a home. And so they're like, exactly. if, they, if Jesus would have been here today, they would have avoided him. They would have been like, oh, that's somebody. He's, he must be living in sin. He sinned before, yeah. you know, he, he yeah. in the preexistence, he must have sinned. And it's like, well, man, Jesus was going to the poor, the lowly. Because he knew those are the ones whose hearts are in a place of humility, able to receive the truth of God. And which just shows the whole motivation behind these people even going out and preaching is wrong. And not so much the members. I think the members are doing it largely out of fear because, you know, they feel like the blood of these people is on their hands, which is not true. And so they're going out in, in some manner. I think there's sincerity in the members, but the organization itself, the motivation for them trying to push members out to preach is, well, it's for money, you know, is, is one large reason because why else would they t- tell people to avoid the homeless and the poor and go and preach to, you know, jump fences of gated communities? Cause we need people with money coming into our church so they can tie. Like how twisted is that? Target towards like a specific people who they want to go. Yeah. You know, and like we will go to man these nice college campuses. We will go to U- UCLA. We'll go to USC. We'll go to uh, uh, what's that? UC um, is a Santa, I think it's Santa Barbara. Okay. Uh, we will go to Santa Barbara, Santa Monica. We will go to um, we will go to like Valley College. So Valley College was like in the valley. Uh, in California, in the valley, like you know, where I go, Hollywood area, yeah, uh, North Hollywood, yeah, um, like through the like uh, in between North Hollywood and Van Nuys, like in the middle. Um, we will never go to like Van Nuys, you know, like we will never go to like uh, North Hollywood. We wouldn't go to like some valley, like we wouldn't go to Silmar. And these are lower, like, lower end. Yeah, okay. yeah, like local, local. So then, in this, in this way, like this. What a great example, again, going back to favoritism, this, that's exactly what that is. Like, so within the church, they're showing favoritism within its members, but out in the world to whom they're preaching to, man, they're obviously, they're showing favoritism to the wealthy, to the higher class, to those who in the world's eyes look like, who would look better for the church. You know, if these people got, became members, like it would just look better for our our image <laughs> and it yeah and and they would have money to give us so that they can give you know ultimately make zongil jaw sleep on a more comfy bed at night and uh, yeah man bro like it, and it, it's 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 like they have a target you know what i'm saying like they have a list like like they have a list of like where they're gonna go like you know, like, man, like, why can't you guys go to the hood? You know? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jehovah Witnesses, they go to the hood. They go to the hood, like, yeah. Yeah, like, my, my dad, my father, my physical father, when he used to go preaching, man, I used to go preaching with him when I was a little kid. And we used to go to the hood to preach. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, it's like, why are we going to these nice places? Yep. Like, and even the mall, so we will go to Fox Hills Mall, even the mall, we will go to the nicest malls ever. We yeah. will go to Fox Hills Mall, very nice mall in LA. Uh, we will go to Northridge Mall, we will go to Topanga Mall, we will go to Northridge Mall, we will go to 
Every single night small, you so, want to know. So you're going to the high-end places, and then yeah. within preaching, too, were you discouraged? Like, did you ever have a moment or time when you were specifically discouraged from preaching to certain people? So were you ever told to yeah. not preach to the homeless, to not preach to the handicapped? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. okay. I just want to say Absolutely. that because I've been talking to people, and they're hearing every person I'm interviewing saying that's the case, but then I'm having other members come on saying, oh, no, that's not true. It's, we don't teach that. It's but, deeper than that it's deeper than that you know why so you you got that answer but you know what i wanted to tell i wanted to i actually want to follow up with you with that good it's actually deeper than that it's just it's not just oh we're not not we're not preaching to the homeless we're not preaching to disabled yeah we're not they're not doing that but you know why they're not preaching to the disabled like you know why they're not preaching to the homeless tell, tell us we might oh, have heard man. it, but just tell us again. Oh no, no, no! I don't think you've heard it, man. Okay. I don't think I don't think you heard it. So, the reason why they don't preach to the homeless and to the disabled is because they say that you know how uh, that study I told you when I first started going there, uh, the secret of forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Of like why we're here and where we were before we were created mm -hmm. and where we're going after we die. So the reason why they don't preach to the homeless and to the disabled is because I was taught myself personally I'm pretty sure other members if you're listening uh, if, if you know uh, I think I know where you're going with this so I think yeah, yeah I've definitely heard this before so they said that their sin yeah. their sin in heaven was so bad their sin in heaven was so bad that they God had them born like that in the flesh. Yep. So the, re the reason why that person is disabled is because their sin was so bad in heaven that God didn't forgive them. And yep. so that's why they're physically like that. And I was like, what? Wow. And do you know where they're getting that doctrine? They're really? pulling it out of thin air. <laughs> they're just, yeah. they're taking it. I mean, they're, they're, like, so what? so so this is this is something we've touched on but for those who haven't heard this yet i just wanted to bring up john 9 and so listen to this so here's the story about jesus now as jesus was passing by he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned but this happened so that the works of god would be displayed in him while it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. Um, so Jesus, as clear as, as clear as it could possibly be, demolishes that argument. And that, you know, I've, I've talked to people. That That's one of the things that I got to be careful because this, <laughs> this stirs me up and then the rest of the video will be about this. But this is this is the thing that as I've been studying this group and been making these videos, that that gets me more than anything else, honestly. That's one of the, I mean, right that there. gets me more than anything else. That right is because, there, that part. And, and I guarantee you, this gets God more than anything else about this group. It's that that like grieves his heart and he is angry at this. You, you see, when you see Jesus being angry in the New Testament, it's over this issue is yeah. them, them focusing on things like they, they put so much emphasis on things like Passover and Sabbath, but yet they ignore the greater things of loving and, and showing mercy and kindness to the oppressed and the poor and the, the homeless. And, and, and then they cover that up by this false idea that's unbiblical that, oh, well, we don't preach to these people because they're, they're this way because of their sin. Well, well, let's 
first off, that's not biblical. Like, I would just say, show me that in the Bible. Show me one place. Yeah. And then what do you do with John 9? Second, I would say, well, who cares? Like, okay, maybe it is their sin that's caused them to be there. But don't you have sin too? Haven't you sinned in this life? So why does that disqualify them from being preached to? Like, go preach the forgiveness of sins to them then. Like, well, if they sin and they're in this condition, they need salvation too. And so, man, that just... That was, that was their excuse and that yeah. was the reason i was just like what man that's and here's the significant thing is like again this this is not just your church this is not just your your group that did this this is the def this is the uh, defining uh, characteristic of the world mission society church of god they would try to use the excuse of saying oh well you know there's imperfect people you know, within some of this is the argument I've heard by some people. Some of them won't even they won't go to the place of saying, well, it's because of the homeless and the handicaps It's because of their sin that they're in this condition. They won't go there. Rather, they'll try to cover up the church by saying, oh, well, you know, all the members, you know, they're fallen and they're 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 sinners themselves. And so they you know, they make mistakes. And and so, you know, we, we just need to overlook this 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 thing that they do that they tell you not to preach the homeless. This is just, you know, chalk it up to uh, the fallenness of man and human sin, you know, and we're all imperfect. And so and it's like, well, that's not that's not a good excuse, because maybe if it's like one or two people had experienced this here and there. But this is a. This is obviously it's becoming like undeniable that this is a, a a widespread teaching of the church. This isn't just human weakness. This is actually a doctrine within the church that you don't preach to the homeless. So you can't just use the excuse of saying, oh, well, these members who are teaching this, they're just fallen and they're weak, they're sinful. And so they make mistakes in their teaching. You can't go there because this is something that every group is teaching this is the teaching of the church so if you if you if you want to use the excuse of saying well it's just it's because of human weakness you have to say well the whole foundation the world is society who's teaching this they're weak and they're broken and that's fallen so you can't really trust it then um so this is man of all the issues we've talked about this is this is one of the ones that sticks out to me more than anything that this alone proves this church is not of God. It's just not. It's not. And like, you know, you know what's amazing is that like when you look when you just look at any any church, right, around the corner from your house, all right, the corner from my house. There's like four churches in the corner of my house right now. You know? And like even if it's like whatever beliefs it is. Like like they're the only church that's like that like that just like they're that like that's the only church that has these things going on. Like yeah. what like, I've never like yeah, what? so like you go back to what you were saying earlier, they the members will boast in the fact that the World Mission Society is the only one who teaches the Bible in this way. It's like, well well so what? Like and I agree with you, the World Mission Society is the only one, the only church that teaches not to preach the homeless, that teaches not to preach the handicap. And yeah, so like my dad, my father, my father, he so my, my father he has epilepsy, right? My father will preach to a homeless man in the middle of the streets, yep. knowing, knowing he might have a seizure. Yep. Right. And like knowing he could have a seizure at any minute, at any moment of the time of the day. Yeah. 
But his goal is to preach to that soul, no matter who it is. Yep. And like seeing that from my dad, like, wow. Yeah. Like, how is this church not doing the same? Yeah. Like my dad's over here, like part of the risk his physical life yep. to preach the word to this guy. To this guy who in the world's eyes doesn't deserve it. And is it worthy of, of it? Like what? And so, you know, that your dad, what he's doing, that reflects the heart of our God. That reflects the characteristic of God who said, you know, Philippians, where it says he he was in the form of God, but but he humbled himself and he took the form of a of a human. He let he laid aside his deity and said, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna become less than I deserve, you know, I'm gonna become a human. And then as a human, he went even lower and he said, I'm not only am I going to lower myself to becoming a human being, but then I'm going to lower myself even as a human being to being a servant of the lowly and the poor. And so that brother is what your dad is doing. And that that's that's evidence of a man who knows God. The world and society, what they teach is evidence of a people that do not know God, that do not know the God who says himself, he says, I, God is love, you know, yeah. and anybody who does not love does not know God. And, uh, you know, man, all going back to all these verses about partiality, many of those, especially the ones in James are directly related to talking about this issue of the church was showing partiality to the poor or to the, the rich. And they were, they were ignoring the poor. You know, they had poor men coming into their, their group meetings and they were saying, Oh, you're, you're not dressed so well. You kind of sit over here on the floor. And then somebody in rich clothing would come in. They'd be like, Oh, you have this place of honor. You sit in the best, the best spot in the room. And James was basically saying like, you guys are like, in doing that, you're completely denying the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, that Jesus himself completely operated in the opposite way, where he he took the lowest form. It's 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 uh if you want to be first, you must become last. The 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 greatest will be the least, you know. And so it's like, blessed are the poor in spirit. So I just yeah, that's that's a huge thing that in that this church is displaying they do not know God. They do not understand the gospel. They do not understand who Jesus was and what he did. They don't understand God's heart. God's heart that loves the lowly in this world. He loves the broken. He came for he he didn't come. What does it say? What did Jesus say? I did not come for those who are well. I came for those who are sick. I came for those who are broken. I didn't come for those who are righteous. I came for the unrighteous. And it's like the worldless society seems to be, from what you're saying, they're sending members out saying, don't, don't go, don't go preach to the sick. Like, I want you to find the people who seem to have it together. Those who are well, those who have money, the wealthy. Uh, yeah. And so it's, yeah, it seems like enough can't be said about that. Just how, how bad that is, how truly dark and demonic that, that, that is demonic, you know. That's a demonic doctrine, is what that is. It's very demonic, man. But like, dude, it's and even demonic. Like, there was one time because, like, you know how during uh, that church is not like they don't support Christmas, you know, they yeah. don't support uh, holidays or Easter, whatever. Yeah. Easter, yeah. So they look at all that as demonic. You know, they look at all that as like evil and Satan and paganism and pagan teaching and 
the Roman Emperor Constantine, he he instituted all that in uh, into the church. And so, okay, if that's right, if that's right, what you're saying, then explain to me this. So one day we came from preaching, right? Yeah. We came. We came from preaching. And let me, let me see. Let me say this: Why is there Christmas lights at church? At your church, they have Christmas lights. Yeah. So we were coming from. We were coming from preaching one night. We were coming, and they have put uh, Christmas lights, like a little bit of Christmas, on the on a specific tree on the tree. And they had Christmas Christmas lights, literally Christmas lights, you know? And so, why do we have Christmas lights at church? Isn't that demonic? Like, isn't that, like, like, what's going on? So they said, they said, they said, oh, no, brother, uh, mother said that uh, since this is a year of the gospel, we have to spread the light. And it's the year of, of the, it's the year of uh, uh, jubilee or yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. and so we have to we have to uh, spread the word and spread the light and show the light. I'm like, wait a minute, but why is there Christmas lights? Like, yeah. isn't that Christmas? Like, That's, yeah, isn't isn't that demonic? That's, isn't that like pagan that you, that word that that. Well, that's what we preach. Like, what's going on? You know? Yeah, I'd be interested to know how common that is. If and so maybe you know, this would be something we could say to people watching, members or former members. I'm I'm wondering how many of you have experienced that yourselves. Have experienced having, you know, on the one hand, this this your church saying, you know, Christmas, Easter, all these things are pagan. Even like having crosses, things like that, which I want to, I want to say something about that in a minute. I'm wondering how many of you have heard that, but then on the other hand, seen something similar to what you're saying, where you're, the church puts up Christmas lights, you know, I've never heard that before. So I'm wondering if that, that was just unique to your branch or if that's something that's been experienced more commonly. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that uh, that happened to other churches because that was like um, in the beginning no, that was like the, the about like the ending of where like the that, I was like already at the end of going to the church already, um, because um, when the we had came from preaching and yeah I saw Christmas lights and I was like why is there Christmas lights okay interesting you know? and and then like um because like I think that was that was like I think like two weeks after that I think two weeks or three weeks after that happened I had stopped attending. Cause I already, I was already at the end of, of my time there. Um, because the re- only reason why that, that day I went preaching was, uh, I forgot what was it. It's because, uh, um, oh yeah, because I have, I had told the brother, I was telling him like, you know, like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm going to be coming to this church no more. Yep. Uh, and so he told me, brother, Go preach the gospel. He told me, yeah, go, go, go preach the gospel. Go get some faith, you know? Okay. And, and I took it, I took it to heart and I was like, okay, maybe I do need to go preach. Like, you know, like maybe like I need to just like preach about God or just, I don't know, man, yep. you know? And so I go and I come back and I see this and it's like, all right, man, this is. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, that's something that I have not heard of, of that being experienced. I, and again, I would be curious, um, if other people are, uh, if other people have experienced that in, in their 
experience in the church. Um, but something else kind of on that, um, I don't know if you have other points you want to cover before we, we wrap up, but, but something I want to add to that is something that's been brought to my attention recently, um, going along with Christmas and said, you know, they, they discourage, they don't like the cross, right? Like they, and I'm not fully aware of what, what reasoning they have behind that, but they kind of, they kind of use the same argumentation. If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but just kind of goes along with Christmas and Easter that, you know, having cross imagery in churches and pictures of the cross or crosses hanging in churches, that's pagan, right? Is that correct? What the church teaches? Um, So they, we have actually, uh, um, so, Another subject that that actually leads to the subject I want to speak on, which is course classes. Um, so the cross was in a course class. Uh, the cross uh, it was a study actually cross uh, cross reverence is idolatry. Um, cross reverence. Yeah, yeah. Cross cross reverence. 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 Rever- yeah, it's like yeah, showing reverence. showing uh, showing respect for something is, yeah, is basically yeah, yeah. what that means. Yeah. Service is uh, is idolatry, um, and so that was a study. Uh, that was actually a, a subject, um, and so the way they they interpret that was like in the Bible how it says um, I think it was Leviticus or Exodus by Moses um, when you know how I think in Isaiah or somewhere it says uh, and it tossles like a, I, I put the needle. Uh, oh yeah. Hammer. Yeah, it talks about the worksmith creating the idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it said, why are you going to worship a cross when it does not have anything to do with your salvation? Wow. Pretty much. Okay. So I would just say, first off, I mean, I, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on, on that because it's, it's kind of just mm-hmm. silly. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, Christians don't worship the cross. So that, that whole argumentation is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, we don't worship the cross. Like, having the cross up, it's not like we're bowing down to it. Or even, like, it's not the cr- the cross, like, the the physical wood of the cross is not what we're even focused on when, when churches put up crosses. The point of it is to remember what Jesus did on the cross. It's just a reminder. It's a symbol of the work of Christ. It's a symbol, a reminder of the gospel. It's not it's not an object of worship. And so that's that's just, like, that's... That is them not even understanding Christianity. Yeah. That's them not understanding what what Christians actually even like why they have that's just what that does, it just displays a certain amount of ignorance over Christians and, and the churches that do have crosses, you know, hanging up. And I can't, you know, there probably are some people who are off and, and like in some form like worship the cross in an inappropriate way. You know, they they yeah. have a wrong thoughts about it but that's not in any way as a teaching of the church that we promote worship for the cross itself um and so yeah but with that what is interesting because you say all that i'm i i got a picture here pulled up on the screen that people watching this video be able to see i i can't i wish i had a way to show it to you but this is a picture and this picture is ong song hong and zong gil ja and on the wall behind them is Jesus hanging on a cross. And so you're talking about crosses being idols. And if you have a cross in the house, you know, it's an idol. Why then was Ong Song Hong and, and Zong Gil Joss willingly sitting down in a room, taking a picture with a cross 
in the frame of that picture in the same room with it. And so members who are, you know, people who are watching, you'll be able to see this photo because I'll put this photo in the video. Um, yeah. And this this picture actually is something that came from, um, this is a really uh, a good resource I want to point people to is if you're on Instagram, uh, search questioning the World Mission Society Church of God. This is a, a, a profile that's being operated by somebody who's just posting a lot of really good information. They're just putting simple posts up with this person has just a lot of insights into this church. And they have, I mean, they're beyond what I'm able to, to, um, to, bring on this on this these videos this person just has a lot more insight even you know than we do they they know a lot and so i would i would um i would think this person probably was a member for for a while and so because they know stuff and so i would point people to again if you're on instagram go and search for questioning the world the wmscog i think is how it's spelled out on instagram but that's where this picture comes from. They posted this. And so I just wanted to share this and pass it on for people to see this is a problem. You know, you have, yeah. you have the world in society is making such a big deal about the cross. And here, Ong Song Hong, Zong Gil Jaw are sitting, uh, smiling in a picture with a cross in the background with them in this picture. Uh, oh, wow. I haven't even seen that picture. Yeah. I got to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So... So do you have, um, what, what other points do you have any more that you want to get across? I know we're, we're about at the two hour mark, so we might need to try to hurry through some things, but I, <laughs> Sorry that's fine. That. If, you know, if people want to stop watching, that's fine. <laughs> we can just, yeah. we'll just make this maybe our longest video yet. And we'll just, let's oh, just, well, I, have, I have a lot to say, my man. Uh, I mean, I don't know. How maybe just try to kind of give some bullet bullet points or like talk about the next point, but just let's kind of summarize and let's see if we can just kind of get through these points just so you're bringing them to people's attention and we can have them out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So another big, another big, uh, another big, um, big topic I want to talk about is, um, so, um, how much time is spent at church? So we were, uh, it got to the point where like, People were like taking preaching serious, you know, like people weren't taking preaching uh, like seriously because God, Father was coming, right? Father was coming soon. And so he, he would tell us like, they'll try to scare us, you know, they'll try to scare us and say like, Father's coming soon. Like we need, we need to be preaching. Like, what are you doing with your time? Yeah. Right. What are you doing with your time? And so our pastor had the time to go print out some papers and give us a sheet of paper. Okay. And they gave us all the time of the hours that we have in our life. Okay. And so they, and they said, what are you doing with all your time? Like, you know, if you have an hour of free time, if you have five hours of free time, what are you doing with your time? Yeah. Like, and it's like, it got to a point where like, Okay, why are you so concerned about my time? Like, you know, like, like that's like precious to them. Like, like if we're not if we're not preaching, we're idolizing our time. Yeah, you know, like I can't go watch a movie with my dad if I want. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't take my little sister for ice cream. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't walk down to Seven Eleven to like buy like a, a yogurt or, you know what I'm saying? You like, can't live life. You, I can't you, live, you can't live life. life the way God yeah. wants us to, you know? Like, 
know what I'm saying? And like, it got to a point where like they were, they got like a paper and it said like literally a paper that said what to do with our time. Wow. And like, think about that, Jordan. Like, if I were to give you a sheet of paper and told you, Jordan, what are you doing with your time? Yeah. So I'm going to give you a paper that says all the hours, all the times that we have on this earth. And I'm going to ask you, what are you doing with your time? Yeah. So if you're not preaching and you're not studying the word of God, you're idolizing your time. Wow. So that's, yeah, one way that they just suck years and years and years of life from people. Yeah. They're stealing, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. just like, you know, it talks about Satan and, and the gospel of John. Jesus says uh, that Satan, basically, he's he's come to steal and to kill and to destroy. Yeah. So part of what Satan masquerading as an angel of light, as a minister of righteousness, is what it says in Second Corinthians. What he does, ultimately, is he steals. He steals stuff. Yeah. He's stealing away people's life being able to actually live a life of, and that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us spending our time seeking him, but, but what that looks like biblically is much, much different than what this group teaches. And again, I think it goes back to this group is promoting sort of a robotic lifestyle where you're just, you know, they're even giving you a list of, of how to spend the hours of your day and, and uh, causing you guilt about just experiencing the things in this world that God has given us to enjoy, you know, it, you know, it says yeah, multiple. I can't, even, like, I can't even go to the zoo. Like, you know? Yeah. Where is like, it? In, like, uh, I think in Corinthians, he says, let me pull this up real quick. Something about whether you eat or drink. Yeah. He says what first Corinthians ten thirty one is where it is. So, um, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. I think within this verse, we're seeing again an aspect of God's character and, and just the way that he, he wants us to walk before him and the freedom that that looks like. Like he's actually created us as human beings and he's given us these things in this world to enjoy. Now, not the sinful things of the world, obviously. That's things that we're, we're not supposed to indulge in or engage in. But the things like being able to walk down to a 7-Eleven and get a yogurt. And Paul says here, do that to the glory of God. Do it with joy and heart and thankfulness. Thank you, God, for the, the ability to do this. Thank you that I can take my sister out and have ice cream. Thank you that I can go and enjoy a movie with my dad and, and that you've given me the ability to do that. And I can do it and worship you and I can pray as I'm doing this for opportunities to love them and to bless them and to, you know, it's just that's, that's I think, much more accurately what God what God's list would be of how he wants us to use our time is, as he just, I think it goes back to the greatest commandment and, and where he says all, you know, all the law is fulfilled in this one thing, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we're doing those two things, we're fulfilling the whole law. Um, and so I can love God with my whole heart and love my neighbor as myself and go out and eat a yogurt <laughs> at the 7-Eleven and do that in a worshipful way where I'm loving God as I'm eating my yogurt. You know, I'm doing it in a 1 Corinthians 10 31 way where I'm doing it unto the glory of God. I'm having ice cream with my sisters as for the glory of God. I'm loving God, loving her in the midst of that. And God's not disappointed in that, that I'm doing. He's not like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. It's like, actually, no, that's how God created us to live in this world. That That's, that's how the gospel spread. And, 
Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree with you 100%. 100%. And it gets a little bit even deeper than that, too. Uh, So, uh, it gets deeper than that because, so one time I was eating a burger. Also, in California, we eat In N Out burger. Yep, I've Um, been there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I love, I love my In N Out burger. Uh, I love my In N Out burger. Um, and so one time I told a brother, I was like, brother, hey, do you ever been to In N Out burger? Like, let's go, get, let's go, get, let's go grab some burgers after church. And then I told him, and he couldn't go with me, so I came back. Um, and so I'm telling man, brother, I had a very great burger today. Like it was so good. Like man, I love In N Out burger, you know. And then you know what? And you know what? I got rebuked, bro. He told a brother told me he goes he goes brother he goes do you really love that burger? Say that like, again. Do, do you really what? He goes he goes do you really love that burger? Wow. Like He goes do you he goes do you want to become that burger, brother? Like what do you world? love that do you love that burger? Like do you love that burger more than you love father and mother? And I was like, whoa, bro, it wasn't even that serious. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, I love my burger. Like what? <laughs> what in the world? That's crazy, man. That's yeah. Like it, it, and that 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 right there, man. That part was I was like, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't share my thoughts with anybody in this church. Like, okay, so here here we go again. First Timothy four three. Okay, um, let me actually. I'm gonna start at verse one. It says, "Now the Spirit, the Spirit of God, expressly states that in the latter times, like, this First Timothy four one, the spirit says that in the last time, some will abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons influenced by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared with a hot iron. They will prohibit marriage. They do that. Don't marry the, the, the woman who you have kids with. They will prohibit marriage and they require abstinence from certain foods that God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And so it's like, man, this is just everything, everything, the description of demonic teachings of spirits who are deceitful and and producing these demonic doctrines of prohibiting marriage and like feeling this guilt ridden conscience over eating and enjoying a, a burger. This is everything that Paul warned about that the new Testament warned about, you know, it's like this, that there, that's the characteristic of a demonic spirit that, that does again, all what all it comes back to is, is not understanding the gospel, not understanding what Jesus has really done for us and bringing us freedom and peace with God to where we can live this life with peace with God. And like this says, we can, um, we can receive a burger from in and out with Thanksgiving, knowing that God created these things for us to enjoy. And ultimately like, man, I think in that you saying, man, I love that burger. Like what an opportunity for you to just worship God and say, man, thank you, God. This is awesome. Thank you for creating this. And like how, and it's demonic. They stole worship from God in that moment. It was what they're doing. They're like, no, don't, what are you doing? And what they did is they twisted it around and produced on you a, uh, this, this feeling of guilt and condemnation for experiencing joy and something that God wanted you to experience joy in. Like that that was crazy. Oh that 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 really like that I was like okay, you know like you guys take this church way too serious. You know? Yeah. 
like it's way too serious. Uh, but yep. yeah, that was just uh, one of the points. Um, so my last thing I want to talk about is uh, so I was watching uh, the video what you guys did uh, with Jordan with uh, Jesse. He actually he asked um, he actually asked Jordan this question. He asked him that um, if you ever felt you were set. Like, you know, you're saved. Uh, you yeah. say you're good with the Lord. Like, yep. from, my experience, from my experience, uh, just me, just me, I, I can't speak on everybody. Uh, this is just, I can speak for myself on this subject. Um, I felt like I was saved. Uh, I felt like I was set, like I was good with God. Uh, the reason why, because, uh, I was told directly by a leader, actually the same guy that actually preached to me uh the first actually the guy who the first one who i had a bible study with he, he's a missionary now um he directly told me he's a brother if you keep every feast if you do not miss any feast of god like tabernacles uh day of atonement every single like i forgot i forgot the, this is just like a couple feasts that i remember um he told me if you keep Every command of God, every feast that we keep, every service that we keep, if you keep everything diligently and with a sincerity of heart or whatever, he said, if you keep all the commands of God, he goes, and he goes, if you keep the Passover, you eat at a point in time and you keep all of God's commandments, brother, he goes, you're set, like you're saved, like you are like you got nothing to worry about brother like you are just keep all the commands keep all the festivals all the feasts come to the church at a point in time um do not miss a sermon do not miss any sermon for the feast don't miss nothing like if you complete everything that that is asked for from you by father and mother you are going to be the 144,000 and like i took that to heart you know, I took it to heart because, like, I'm like, okay, like, all right, like, if I keep all these festivals, all these festivals, like, everything, everything, like, um, you know, I got, I got a galaxy waiting for me in heaven. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was very misleading. Um, very, very misleading because uh, that is not the case. <laughs> yep. Um that's not the case because uh, everything, everything was a lie. You know, everything is a lie that, that is taught. Um, so that's just something that, that just like sat with me in my head because like, I didn't take it like lightly, you know, yeah. um, I didn't take it lightly. I really uh, took it to heart because like, this is my salvation, yep. you know, like this is, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to this God, like I'm praying to this Korean God and he's going to, if I obey everything that he tells me to do and this God that's telling me all this, like, I'm going to be saved. You know, like I'm good. Me and God are set. Like I'm good. So, so basically then though, your salvation, your, your sense of being able to have peace with God and well-being rested on your shoulders, right? Yeah. It was about you. And so something that I heard that that's stuck out to me as you're describing that is how many times you said, I, 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 if, if I do this it, yeah. and how many times you as in talking about the brother, how, how much it's about you. If, if you keep this, if, if you do this, yeah. if you do that, 
not never in any of that was it, brother, this is why you can be saved. This is why you're good because of Jesus. Look away, look at what he did. Look at who he is. It's all about you. What are you able to do? What are what are you able to perform? It's about your effort. It's about your abilities. It's about your strength. The Bible is just like, no, it's not. It's about God's strength. It's about God's ability. It's about it's not about it's not about our resume, what we bring to the, to the table. It's about Jesus's resume. Uh, it's it's not about what we've accomplished to 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 gain righteousness. It's about what Jesus has accomplished for us to gain righteousness. That's what gives us rest. That's what gives us peace. That's what enables us to be able to say, "I'm good." You know, I'm I'm set. I'm I'm okay. I have peace with God. And so, like. A, a good scripture to go along with that is Romans 5, where it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That brother was telling you like entirely something different than Romans 5 verse 1. He's telling you the way to have peace with God is if you do all these things. Well, Romans 5 completely leaves out all of those things. And I would ask that brother, if I could talk to him today, I'd ask that guy, show me one place in the Bible where keeping Passover and keeping the feasts is connected to forgiveness of sins and it's connected to salvation. Show me in the Bible one verse where it talks about Passover and Sabbath and, and keeping, uh, keeping the feasts. And it says, these are things we must do. And if we do them, then we have forgiveness. Then we have righteousness. But it, yeah, it's just so unfortunate that that, that in a nutshell, what that is, that is a, that's a false gospel and the clearest in the, in the clearest form, that's the most clearest display I can possibly think of, of a false gospel, of a workspace gospel. Um, and so, yeah, I'm glad that now you see that that is not true. <laughs> that's not the way. Like, it's, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like it's like, it's unfair because a lot of people, like, are old in church, you know? And like, they're targeting the youth. Yeah. They're targeting, because I was targeted. I mean, I wasn't targeted. I was just in a situation, you know, because um, of my ex-girlfriend. Uh, her cousin was the one that preached to me first. Yeah. And then she told me, hey, you know, let's have a, you know, let's have a study. Um, we should study the Bible. And I told her, you know, I told her like, oh, like, uh, I, 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 I'm a Christian. You know, my dad goes to church. But like she just wanted to start it. She just wanted to have a Bible study, you know. But there's, it's some people are fortunate to be like in a different situation where like they don't really know anything about God and like they don't they're fresh minded, you know. And like they're being targeted, and it's like once you turn like eighteen, like your whole life is ahead of you, you know. Like your whole life is ahead of you. Like that's when you're barely becoming a like uh, an adult you know what i'm saying yep. it's like you know you haven't even i mean some people haven't even done like adult things you know what i'm saying and like and it's all because like that church wants to eliminate your future mm-hmm. That's the world. they don't want you to have a future because i know of uh, a, a a deacon that was in it she's not he's no longer there no more he was a very, uh, he was a big brother, very big brother. Um, he was very big on football. He wanted, he he had, he had gotten a scholarship to go play football. And he was, I mean, like from what, he, he showed me a couple of his, of his highlights, you know, of his football, like 
how we played in football yep. in high school. And like, man, that, that man could play. He could play. He's a very big brother, a very big brother, you know, very big. And so he was telling me how he gave up uh, he, he gave up his career for this church. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's like me, I'm very big on sports. Me, like now nah, I'm like, I, my mom, my mom, my dad, they had put me in sports since I was a little kid. You know, since I was like three, four years old, I was playing soccer, basketball, baseball, all that good stuff. And so for someone to turn down a, a career for something that's a, like a this lie. evil, yeah. an evil lie, it's very sad because, yep. like, that's happening to other people. Yeah. You know, and like, exactly. it, it's like, if you get like, man, like, I wish these people could like somehow get like investigated, like by the FBI. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I know. it's, it's sad, it know? gets burned. It really does. It just kind of weighs when you start to think about the reality of it. As I'm getting all these emails about people saying what you're saying, that's just this group is really it's literally ruined their lives. It's, you know, moms that are losing their children for decades. Yeah. And it's just it does. It kind of puts this burn like, man, I just wish something would happen. And so. Yeah, I think that's that's why we're doing this. Right. That's that's why we're having this conversation. Actually, that's yeah, why yeah, we're. Like, yeah. And like this platform, uh, I appreciate this platform, that uh, opportunity that you have given me and other members, forum members who have spoken up on this, because um, this has helped me a lot with my like mentally, you know, what I'm saying spiritually, uh, my inner self. Um, I've been I never actually let it out like I have right now. Yeah. I never let it out completely. You're the first person I actually had a good two hours to just speak yeah. this. You know? Yeah. Like I never had this. Like hmm. to like speak to someone just this and this understands me. You know what I'm saying? Understands yeah. me. And like I've had different ways to cope. You know, I had different ways to cope. Um, but I never had a chance to sit down like this hmm. and like um share my experience so i just really want to uh one thing i learned about the church is that like, i'm not here to bash the church uh i'm not here to like talk bad like i'm not here to um like i'm not here to bash them yeah yeah you i know? get i don't get that from you at all yeah and like this is just something for me uh it helped it just helps me a lot because uh man the church is a lie man like, yeah well, do you have maybe just to kind of wrap up here, um, I guess, what what would you say, kind of the way we end all these things, I just want to know what you would say to current members, just kind of in a short, short way, like encourage them to, you know, those who are doubting, those who are searching, what would you say, I guess, to encourage them as they're in the midst of this process? Well, uh, look at the facts. Like, look at the facts, man, because something something as simple, something as simple as asking questions. Why can you ask questions? Why, why can't we ask questions? Like, why can't we question everything? Like, they teach us not to question anything, not yeah. to question. And so the Bible even says, test everything. Everything. Right. Yeah. The Bible says test everything and hold and fast like, only to what is good. What what proves yeah. out what turns out through the testing, you determine, oh, this Whoa. is actually good. And I've tested it. I know based on the evidence. Yeah. Whoa. Really good point. And it's like, look at the facts, really, like 
look for the fact and like I know they 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 teach us um they 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 teach us not to think for ourselves um you know so maybe it's people that like have like an inner inner of themselves like they finally want to think for themselves that's what they're probably like commenting and seeing okay what's this brother saying like Mm -hmm. you know um it's probably so just man like look at the facts look at the facts about what like the church is really about um, and you're gonna you're gonna find out that it's it's false. Oh, yeah. It's undeniable. The yeah. evidence is the evidence. Yeah, the is. pile of evidence I mean, against it is just it's I mean, amazing. It's irrefutable. The part that hit home run for me was uh, when I found out God has kids. Like mm-hmm. how like we're His creation, right? Why would He come down, the Creator, to come down out of heaven to create with His creation? Like, how sick does that sound? Yeah. Like, God is going to come down from heaven and and and, and have an intimacy with his creation. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. That, that reflects like, pagan, you know, like Greek mythology sort yeah. of stuff, you know. Um, that, that's more, that, that more resembles pagan ideas of God and God's much more than it does the Bible, you know. Yeah. And like it's really like look at the facts really look at the facts and think for yourself yeah. think for yourself because they don't want you to think for yourselves um like man like it, it's like uh like when you're like in chains like they're like in chains you know what i'm saying it's like that's how they all are you know that's how they are right now every yeah. every member is like they're in chains like once you find that freedom and once you find that like ease and like once you've like figured yourself out, it feels like this. Freedom, yeah. You know how it feels. And it's like wow, like okay, like it's hard in the beginning, I'll tell you. It's hard. Yeah. It's I very it. it's hard, man. It's so hard. It's so in the beginning it's hard because um you're taught like you're taught everything, like, man, like, all kinds of stuff you're taught, like, and, and it's, like, overwhelming, and it's, like, man, like, you can't go against, and it's, like, you feel guilt, and it's, like, I can't, like, something is so simple as asking questions, like, why, 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 why can't you ask a question? Why do you have to like, feel guilt about that? Yeah. Why do you have to feel guilty, you know, and, like, you should be able to ask questions. Yeah. And I think what you, what, what you're good and all these former members are testaments of is that you can, you can do this, you know, to members wanting to leave, it is doable and it is hard and it, it will be a process, but it's doable and there's freedom, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's not easy because like, I, I never, I didn't like, just because all this happened, I didn't drift away from God, you know, like yeah. just me, just, just me. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I'm thankful for that because, um, I didn't drift away from him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I felt like I put God on pause, mm-hmm. you know, like, but that as much as, as, as much as bad as that sounds, yeah. like that's just me, you know, like I felt like after all this happened, I put God on pause for like, just like just for a little bit, you know, because like I just got out of this church and like I'm just so mixed up yeah. in like everything and like the reason why I press pause on God because 
I'm thankful and grateful for my father who actually, uh, who I was born, I was born in a Christian family. Yeah. You know, like, so I have, I have roots. Like, I'm thankful I have roots yeah. that I could lean on that, yeah. okay, I got, like, I was born in a Christian household. Like, yeah. so that makes it a little bit more easier for me to ease my mind. Yeah. Because, um, like, when I left the church, I could not touch the Bible yeah. at all. Yeah, I couldn't I, yeah. touch it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't see it. I couldn't like. Yeah. I had to store it away. Like I, whatever I did, I did not throw away my Bible. Like yeah. I cannot throw. I cannot throw it away. I cannot throw it because it's holy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the holy Bible. Like I'm not worshiping the Bible, but it's just the Word of God. Yeah. You know, like the Word of God to me is yeah. precious. To me. And that that's um, you know that's awesome to hear you saying these things because I think. I think maybe of everybody we've interviewed, you've been out the longest, if I'm correct. Maybe I can't remember exactly how long Luke uh, from England had been in, but it's it's cool to hear. And that's kind of what I, I want, really wanted to get at here is just that maybe you speaking into this situation, because I we're telling people all the time and that, man, making these videos, the last thing we want to do is just encourage people to leave. And that's it. Like we're encouraging people to leave because we believe that there's actually a real gospel that Jesus is actually true. And, but, but, but this group is, has twisted the truth about him. So we're wanting you not to just people not to just come out and then just like be done with God as if like, that's not the answer. I'm, I'm telling you right now that just leaving this group is not the answer. That's not going to solve your problems. That's just going to put you back into a world of more problems and more, you know, more fear. But when you leave the group and you actually come into a right, like, like you come into the truth of who Jesus is. Well, what does Jesus say? He says, you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So like, you're not going to find freedom. You're not going to find peace in this world. You're not going to find fulfillment. You're not, you, you might feel a sense of like tr- freedom that you get away from this group for a while. And it's like, man, I'm free. And now I can just, but ultimately you're just going to find yourself in more bondage, bondage to sin and to the world. The only place of freedom is in the truth of God, the truth of Jesus and, and in the tr- understanding the, the gospel. And so, but it's cool to hear you say like, you can even touch the Bible for a while. And that's, you know what? That's okay. Like that's okay. And I think in God's eyes, like he's not mad and angry and upset. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, he gets it. It says in Hebrews that Jesus is a sympathizing high priest. He can, he was a human being. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. And so unlike the gods, the false gods of Ong Song Hong and mother who are just constantly disappointed and like upset and like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? That is not, that's not Jesus. Jesus, it says in Hebrews, he tasted flesh and blood. He understood what it was like to be mistreated, to be abused, to be, to be, to be slandered and, and all these things. And so he, for you guys who have come out of the church and you're confused about God, like he gets it. He sympathizes with that. And he's like, it's, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm with you in this. I'm here for you. Like I get that, that you need some time to just process this. And then, you know, you're, you're using the terminology of put pushing pause. Like God's not like, like angry and like, well, I'm going to blast you for that. He's like, he gets it. And, and, and he's with you in this and he's, he's with you. And he's, you know, there's a Psalm where David says, your gentleness made me great. I love right, that. Like right, it's your, right. it's the gentleness of yes. God that makes us great. It's not God's condemning and disappointed look and like his disapproval. I'm glad, you said, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, 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 I felt that. I felt that. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's God's gentleness. And so I think like you guys coming out and you, Nathan, like 
God is gentle toward you. He's he's the gentle shepherd who's like he's lead, he loves the sheep. He's not like yeah. he he knows that we're sheep, right? That's why we're called sheep because he's not looking at the sheep and seeing us going astray and and not getting it right and and sheep are just dumb. And yeah. and so God's not the shepherd isn't like, "Dude, what are you guys doing you?" It, you know, like get with the program. Yeah. Like he's not disappointed and angry. He's like it's it's actually the shepherd his responsibility to go out and, and get the sheep and bring them back in. And so when you say you're hitting pause, what I think of is what you were doing in that as you're just putting yourself in a position of saying, God, I like, I, I can't do this. Like I I've tried to figure this out. Now it's, it's up to you to be the shepherd to come and guide me back into the yeah. truth. Right? Like I can't do it. It took me like Jordan. It took me eight years. Yeah. It took. It's been nine years since I've been in this church. So like, it took me eight years to finally speak like to you. Yeah. You know, like there's so much that's coming to my head right now. Yeah. And like I, I feel so good right now. Like physically, mentally, spiritually. Like right now. Like I wish you were here to like see yeah. like. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel so good right now because like, it feels so great to let this out. And like, yeah. man, like it, it really took like eight years for me to like, let this all out, you know? And like, it just feels good, man, because like, like, man, like, I mean, me personally, I don't believe in therapy, you know, I don't, I don't believe in physical therapy, like going to talk to a therapist and like, I just a waste of money, you know, like I rather talk to God for free. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, just this platform, this platform that you given that, that you have, uh, really, really, I, it, it's going to, it, it already helped me and it's going to help me along down the road. Yeah. But, um, this gives a better understanding to people who know me and know, um, uh, like who know me, but not know like why I am, why I am, why I am who I am, like why I am who I am. Yeah. Because this church affected my life a lot. Yeah. Like it affected my life a lot. So like, I'm grateful that people are going to watch this and understand me more because I've lost a lot of friends along the way because of this church, Hmm. you know? Um, but well, it's, it's an honor an honor for me to, you know, to be able to be a part of that in any way I can. It's just, um, yeah, I give glory to God for however he uses this platform. And like, you know, we're doing all this in weakness. We're figuring it out. We're, you know, I've even thought about like, man, there's probably going to be a time where I'll have to go back and delete some of the old videos that I made where I didn't fully understand the group. And so we, we just, our hearts really are just uh, to help people to, to again, to point people to Jesus because we were convinced that people are in this group have got wrapped up in it. Partially, I think it's because they, they know in their hearts that there is a God and there's truth to the Bible. And so we just want to help people get into that. So I brought up, I, I brought up the Psalm where David says, your gentleness made me great. And I kind of contrasted that with like Ong Song Hong and mother where, and the teaching of the world society where it's kind of like this constant guilt trip and like God's disappointment is kind of like the, the, the core motivation to like go and do things, but rather what the Bible says is, is no, it's the gentleness of God, his, his, his patience, his kindness to us in the midst of like our weakness and and in the midst of where you're at, where you're trying to figure all this out. And, 
And he's not just like angry and disappointed and upset and like get your act together, but it's actually gentleness, you know, and Jesus being that sympathizing high priest. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything there that you can relate to in, in your journey in this process where you f- feel like maybe you've experienced some of that or or tasted a little bit of that, of God's patience and gentleness. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because the Bible speaks about, uh, you know, how like we're his, we're, we're his soldiers. Um, and God, God puts, God puts his toughest soldiers, uh, through the toughest battles. Yeah. Um, and so like me and you, uh, we're soldiers of God, right? Because we're, we're, we're his people. We're, we're God's kids. At the end of the day, we're God's kids, but also we're prophets, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, I mean, I'm not a prophet myself cause I don't, I don't, I don't preach, you know, I don't go out and preach. Um, like I'm not, I don't live a holy life either, you know, like, but, um, it just uh, from my experience from the church, I learned uh, a lot about gentleness, kindness, love. Because uh, you know, in First uh, Corinthians, we said God is love. Um, lo- love doesn't envy. Love does not boast. Uh, so in the Bible, in First Corinthians, I look at it. It says, um, God says. As a matter of fact, let me get my Bible. Can I get one second, uh-huh. real quick? Yep. So this is uh, my Bible that I had when I was going to that church. Uh, so I wrote the time when I got baptized. You can't really see it, but uh, I, I crossed out all the names right here because I had wrote down uh, the mother, uh, the name of uh, father or mother. I think I wrote father's name right here. And then mother's name, I don't know what, but I crossed it out after after a while. Okay, so you had Ong Song Hong written down and Zong Gil Jong yeah, written down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I was baptized in 2010, and then this is verse I want to, uh, that really, uh, it stuck with me because, you know, First Corinthians um, chapter 13, where it says, uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not yeah. easily angered. And so what really touched me was, it said, it keeps no records of wrong. Hmm. Interesting. So no, matter what, no, no matter what I've been through, no matter what I've been through in my life, um, physically and spiritually, yeah. Uh, um, all that I've been through with this church, I've learned to not keep a record of wrong um, because I know what I'm speaking of right now is like a record that I'm, that my experience, right? But when I'm speaking about my experience, I'm like erasing the record from my head, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm erasing this record that I used to have with this church because God told me, Love is patient. Love yeah. keeps no records yeah. of wrongs. Yep. So uh, you're kind of saying God's kind of directed you to like forgiveness yeah, toward this group. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And I think, yeah, 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 that's exactly what God would call you to is like, man, to turn turn this situation around to actually love these guys. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And that, that's, that's, that's just me, you know. Um, and it feels good to even open the Bible again, you know, yeah. like how long has man, it been? Oh man, bro. Like, so I've been going to this church, uh, 
my wife, uh, we've been trying, I've been trying to, you know, uh, step back into yeah. the temple. Uh, but it's very hard, you know, it's hard because of what I've been taught. And it's like when they're preaching, it's like, oh, no, you're wrong. I mean, let me tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That would be it really just, hard. It just flash, flashbacks in my head. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I just learned to like, because uh, in church, they used to tell us, approach every sermon like an empty glass of water. They used to tell me that. Um, because they, t- they used to tell me, um, if you fill like a cup of water, you can't fill it up no more because it's full. It's just the water is going to come out. So I said, but the only way you could put water is if you empty the cup out and put more water. And so they said, put your head, use your head like a cup of water. You say you know everything. Yeah, you know a lot of things, but you can't insert new information if you if you if you have if you, if you have your mind set to like oh I know everything like yeah you know so what you excuse me again sorry what made it easier for me is uh, um, going to this church and emptying out my head that felt good to just sit at a church and just sit down and just hear the word yeah. and just, like, I empty out my head. You know, I empty my head out and just like sit there and just like I, I'm not listening to what the guy is saying. I'm just listening to what the word that what, he's what, speaking like and what God might say God. to you through it. Yeah, yeah. like God's and able that, to rise above even the the yeah. you know. It's kind of like what you're talking about. Like you're you're fully acknowledging the world, Mrs. Society is false. It's just absolutely false. But at the same time, while you were in there, you were able to recognize like the truth in the Bible. And so like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I just, you know, that's one of the primary things emails we're getting is people who have left, but they're just kind of confused about where to go and what church to go to. And, and, um, Oh, bro, it's hard, man. Like, it's hard, um, but I just really like when I sit there and like when I sit there, like I don't hear what he's saying. I just really, I just sit down and just hear the word. Like whenever he talks about the word, I just, and it just feels good hearing it. You know, yeah. like that's really all I want. Like I just want to hear the word and like because the word is like the Bible says it's like a, a lamp, a lamp flowing with milk and honey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Bible, the word of God is. Yeah. And like I, I miss that. I miss. I miss, I miss, like, hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's all I miss. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I just miss hearing the word. Like, I just, like, I, I mean, because I don't have family here where I live at. All my family is in California. Uh, and, like, my dad is very big. Uh, he's very big on the Bible. The Bible like, yeah. I wish, I wish my dad was here with me. Because, mm-hmm. like, like he, he's not dead, you know, he's not dead. But, like, I wish he was physically here with me so I could just, like, hear the word yeah. you know what i mean like yeah just, well yeah that's all. and that's because again like that we have several several shorter clips where like one's called like leave leave the world mission society church of god but don't leave god and like why, why the world mission society church of god is false but the bible is still true and so that's something that i think you guys who are in the church were able to recognize like this 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 thing this the god's word the scriptures are truth it's true and so even in the midst of you being in a an organization that was a lie like there is still something in you and i think something in these current members that actually hungers for the truth of god that that they know there's something about this that's true and so yeah it's just cool to hear that you have that 
that hunger. And so, man, to encourage you, like Jesus, what does Jesus say? Like in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so as you're experiencing this hunger, I think what that means is that you're in a perfect position where God's going to begin to feed you truth. Like he's, you're, yeah. That's really all I want, man. Like I just, like I, I, like, you know, Job, I feel like I'm like Job. Like uh, I'm not comparing myself to Job. I'm not, but like, I mean, God didn't take everything away from me. Not like, you know, God didn't take away my house and take away, you know, he didn't do that to me. It's just like my, uh, just me as a person, like I've been struggling, you know, ever since, uh, like I left the church, like, cause they say, Oh, once you leave the church, your life yeah, goes down. Go, yeah. You know, like they say, Oh, your life is downhill. And yeah. honestly, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. My life did go downhill physically, you know, mm-hmm. like physically it went downhill. Yeah. Like I was struggling. I couldn't pay my rent. Like, I was living, like, with roommates, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was struggling, like, I was really, really struggling. And so, I'm thankful that I never complained to God. Like, I never said, man, God, this is all your fault. Like, why, like, why is all this happening to me? Like, why is this happening to me? Like, God, like, man, like, you know, like, why why do I feel like this? And it's like, it, it got to a point where, like, I just, like, I, I, I wanted to curse him real bad yeah you know i wanted to curse god real bad but i just couldn't yeah i couldn't because i knew i knew i knew it was not his fault so like i felt like god had a bigger purpose for Mm. me like i feel like god like he's trying to tell me something you know Mm -hmm. and so like I, i i i was just like man dude like all right, what do I do? You know, like, well, what do I do? Like, I don't even want to open my Bible. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. And like, man, I'm so thankful that I can open this Bible now. Like my whole life has changed. Yeah. And like, I thank God. Like, I mean, like to the grace of God, like, you know, I, I have a house now, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a house and like, I have a family now. Yeah. Like I recently got a new car and like, God has just been blessing me, man. Like, I'm not like I'm not bragging about anything that I have. And you're not in the like, church. <laughs> and I'm not in the church. You yeah. Know? Like, man, like I can sit here with you right now. It's twelve o'clock, well, about twelve o'clock my time, and talk to you and like not feel guilty about yeah. anything. Yeah. You know? And it's like that's just it feels good, man. That's like awesome. it feels it feels great. Like yeah. Me and God, like, we're like this again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, the cool, like, we're like this. <laughs> the cool thing, though, is that, like, you can, man, and I, the, again, the good news of the gospel is you can be like this with God without all the burdensome things of, like, your time and your energy. And, like, like this, this isn't based upon you keeping all these feasts and keeping, keep doing all these, performing all these activities. Like, it's not based upon that. Would you agree? It's based upon God's grace, right? It's like you can be like this because God loves us, not because yeah. He's looking at you and seeing that you're you're putting in your time and you're doing your work. And He's, you know, it goes back again what we talk about all the time: the transaction gospel of the world, Mrs. Society, Church of God. It's a transaction to them. It's a it's a employer employee relationship. It's not a father to son relationship. You have to relate to God under the World Mission Society Church of God as an employee to an employer, where you put in your time, your paycheck, 
your, your paycheck of salvation forgiveness is based upon if you're putting in your hours. Well, that's the false gospel. The true gospel is more, more resemblant of, if that's a word, it resembles more my relationship to my son. I have three sons. I don't not never for a second is my relationship, my love and me just like grabbing them and loving them saying, I love you and I'm here for you. I I'd do anything for you. Not once in my relationship with them has that been dependent on what they've done for me because, well, you know, my son, my oldest son, he's, he's picked up his room today and he's, you know, he's, he's said all these nice things. He's said his prayers, he's done his chores. He's, you know, he, he's put in his time. And so now I'm going to show my love. Now I'll show my affection. That's a false, that's a false gospel. Rather, it's like, I love him in the midst of his worst moments when he's disobeying and like completely like <laughs> done things I told him not to do. Man, I love him with my whole heart. And that's, that's why did God compare himself to a father in the Bible? Because that, that is the way he relates to us. That's what Jesus has given us access to is this. And as first John, we, we love because he first loved us. So what you've been able to experience and you're going to be able to experience it more as you continue to get more and more free is that God's love for you is not about you loving him first. It's about he loved you first. And when we know that, that's what gives us the freedom to love him and to love others, which fulfills the whole law. <laughs> and, and, uh, and to members out there, like if you're, if you're struggling, if you're struggling through this, I mean, I, I mean, I can't really speak for myself. Uh, I can't speak for myself, but for other members who are watching this, who um, I mean, for former members who are watching this now and are in the same situation as I am, but have a hard time seeking God. Um, all I have to say to me, for me, is really uh, whatever, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you do with your life, uh, try not to uh, curse God. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. Don't curse him. Um, because it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And like, you, you were going to experience, God already knew I was going to experience this before I even experienced it. That's how powerful God is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, God is almighty. Like, he knew I was going to, he knew I was going to experience this experience mm -hmm. before it even happened. God has a plan, man. God has a plan. And like, do not curse him because the blessing that's waiting for you at the end of the outcome is going to be like, man, yeah. Like Job, like I said, Job, God took everything away from him. He took away his family, he took away his house, he took away everything, everything you could think of. And one time did he not curse God? Yeah. Like, and like, I'm not comparing myself to that. It's just an example that I just like to use. Yeah. And I think God gave us that example of Job. You know, he tells James brings up Job. And when he's talking to people who are suffering and experiencing different trials and he says, remember Job. And uh, what does he say? Um, man, that's I think he's saying almost exactly um, what you're saying. So let me let me pull that up real quick. So jo James 5.11, he says, brothers, as an example of patience and affliction, uh, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. 
Um, and so, man, you see, you, you, you look at the, the pattern in scripture of people following God, of people who are really, you know, people who come out at the end and, and are seeking God and are, you know, given, given even a place in the Bible where they're, they're mentioned, they're, they're, they're kind of oh, like these years of faith. Yeah. There are people who have gone through trials and suffering. So the prophets suffered so much, so much that didn't make sense. But like you're saying, they didn't curse God. So here in James five eleven, he says, see how blessed we consider those who have persevered. So you coming out of this church and you're, you're struggling to know what to do with God, just persevere. Like you're saying, don't curse God. Don't just abandon that completely. So persevere. And he, then he says this, you have heard of Job's perseverance and you've seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So that's, that's exactly what you're saying here, Nathan, is you're saying like, man, just persevere and like, look at Job. Remember Job that at the end of this, if anybody had an excuse to complain and to, to curse God and die, it was Job. And I think that's why he gave us this example in the Bible so that when we're going through things that are confusing and it seems like God's unfair and like, God, why did you let me get wrapped up in this, this group? That was a lie. And I was, I really wanted to know you. I was really seeking you, but yet you let me like go astray. Like why? But to just say like, man, God, God knows he knows he knew I was going to do have to go through this and he had a plan for it. And so like James, the brother of Jesus can look now at trials in people's lives and say, remember, remember the example of Job, remember his perseverance and remember the outcome. After all this suffering, all this, this trial and confusion, remember the end that the Lord had a good and a wonderful plan. And it says at the end of Job's life, he restored to him double. <laughs> it says something like that. The double of what he had before. And so... And so, you know, that, yeah, for, for you guys, those who persevere and just not cursing the Lord and abandoning and saying, well, I tried that, you know, I tried the whole God thing, but that didn't work. Like, don't, don't do that. Know that God is patient, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, patience, patience. So God is being patient toward you and, and he's, you know, he, he's okay that this is a process. I mean, Eight it's years not, for it's you. Not like. Like, it's not just patience, it's like a lot of patience, Yeah, you know? Like, it's not just patience only, like, it's really a lot of patience, mm. like, because we're human at the end of the day, you know, we're human, and there's so much, as a, there's so much a human can control in their mind, you know? And, like, it, it, it's like, man, like, I'm just, I'm just really, like, I'm just really, like, thankful and really, like, really, really thankful uh, for my experience um, and where I'm at now in life, like you know, because I'm a lot, I'm a lot at ease with God now. Um, yeah. I love God. Uh, I love God. God's Almighty. He's a Creator. He created me. He created my dad. He created the whole world. Um, and like, I'm glad that I never, I never like completely drifted him away. Mm -hmm. Like. And like, it's just this lady that's in Korea, like she's gonna die soon. And then what? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? like she's like eighty-five years old, bro. She's like about to be ninety. Like she's, uh, and then when she dies, what are they gonna say? Oh, you guys weren't ready yet. Like you guys, like what? What? What's the excuse in the beat? Yeah, like, I'll have one. But yeah. but I think yeah, what you're saying is yeah. She's, she's not God. This isn't God. And 
And I think, man, like this, this book, the scriptures have proven themselves. You can, you can examine what we're encouraging people to do, examine the evidence about the world and society. You can take the Bible and you can examine the evidence. Like, is this true? Does this line up with history? Does this line up with archaeology? Does this line up with just life experience? Does, does, can I look at his history and see, does, is Jesus really who these people said he was? And so he is, he really is like, you can, it's, it's amazing. Like you can, and God, unlike the world mission society who forbids and discourages members from actually thinking and actually examining the evidence, God calls us to, he says, it's the glory of Kings to search out a matter. Um, uh, you know, he, he, the Bereans and acts are commended. They're, they're like, they're, there's, it's said that they're, they were, uh, uh, honorable or something to that extent because they heard these things that they were being taught and they actually went and examined them. So, yeah, I would just say, man, truth, this this is, I think, the basis of our truth. This is the basis of who God is and who he's not. And so what, what we see here is that, you know, Jesus is the image of the invisible God is what Colossians 1 says. If you want to know who God is and what he's like, what his personality is like, Look at the person of Jesus Christ. Look at his gentleness. Look at his love for the broken. Look at his love and his kindness toward the people of this world who, you know, the people who this world would just cast off and and does cast off and, and puts to the side. And those are the people that our God loves. And so, yeah, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When uh, Philip said, show us the father, Jesus said, Philip, have you been with me so long and you don't know me? Uh, right, right. So, and yeah, then, that you know, Colossians, it says, it says all the fullness of God dwells in Christ. So if you want to know who God is, what he's like, just please don't look at Ong Song Hong. Don't, I would say, don't look for a female God, which is not ever testified in this Bible. Look at even Jesus. Paul said, yeah, exactly. Even, even God, like Apostle Paul says, uh, book of Romans, he says, uh, you want to know God, like look around you. Like God is everywhere. Yeah. Romans like, one He's the creation itself testifies. Yeah. 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 With everything he created, like God is everywhere. Like God is like, you know, this banana, you know what I mean? Like, like everywhere, man, like this tree, like who, come on, man, who, who could create a bunch of trees like this? Like, you know? Yeah. It doesn't like, just pop human, into existence. Like, yeah. Like a human cannot, like a human can't like, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Can a human, like plant all these big old trees that we have, like, like air, oxygen, like, is there someone just constantly just blowing air to give the whole world air? Like, and it's crazy because God created the earth perfect. Not too big, not too small, but just perfect for us to humans so we can live. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, I mean, like, who else can create that? I mean, can you create that? I can't create that. Like, like the earth is floating on the universe. Like we're a drop in a bucket. Like we're, we are God's footstool. Like we're his footstool. Like you really think like you could even like control what God already has going on? Like, no, because God is almighty. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnipotent. <laughs> like, and it was like, I'm so glad, man. I'm so happy that me and God are like this again, you know, like we're like, we're, we're like best friends again, you yeah. know? And like, 
it, it feels great, man. That's like, awesome. It really, yep. it feels great. And like a lot of uh, my former members who uh, were going to this, um, a lot of them have stopped talking to God. You know, uh, yep. they 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 don't have they don't want nothing to do with God. And like I I respect it. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not gonna be like, bro, like come on, you know, like yeah, yeah. because their soul is sensitive right now. Yeah. Like, it's very sensitive. And like, yeah. it took me, it took me eight years, Jordan, eight years or nine years to finally feel great about myself mm-hmm. and like really open the Bible and step a foot into the mm-hmm. church again. You know, it took me eight years, nine years for me to do that. Yep. Um, so one of the names given to God in the Bible, I think like in Psalm 32 is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, our healer. Um, and then in Psalm 103, you know, it talks about forget not all of God's benefits. Like don't forget his benefits. Don't forget who he really is. And it talks about how he, he forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. He crowns us with loving devotion and compassion and he satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So it's like, man, you're talking about the blessing that's coming that come at the end, like or come after this, this, these years of perseverance. It's, you know, all this is true. Like he, God is a God who's, he's in the process of healing you from the diseases that the world mission society infected you with. Like it's a process to get healed from that. And, and God's in his love, he takes us through that. And, and in the midst of that, he's a God who forgives our iniquity. You know, the iniquities we have in the midst of that as we're struggling in weakness, trying to figure this whole thing out. He's, he's a God who forgives our iniquities. And it says he redeems our life from the pit. So he's a God who's taken you out of this pit and he's redeemed you out of that. And, and then he says he crowns you with loving devotion and compassion. So he's a God who's devoted to you in love that he's, he's, as long as you're not just stiff arming him saying, I want, you're just absolutely refusing to say, I want nothing to do with you. Like he's a God who's going to be devoted to seeing you through this and giving you compassion. And then finally, even if you do the, the stiff arm, like God's still going to like try to come. Yeah. And to right. Give you a hug. Yeah. You know, he's like, still, oh, yep. He's still like, you know? even in creation, he's still speaking, saying like, I love you. Like I'm here. If, like I'm, I'm not you've given up on me I'm not giving up on you like I'm I love you and I want you to turn to me you know and find life like find true peace and freedom and then like man you bring it up like you know the house and the car like what blessings and that just goes right along with verse 5 of Psalm 103 where it says he he satisfies you with good things like he brings back into he brings into your life like good things just to kind of say like listen I, I love you like I'm here for you and and uh, like, I'm good. Like, I, I am good. I know you've been through hard stuff. I know this has been a difficult situation, but I'm, I love you. And I, I see, you know, I, I, he sees you. He sees your perseverance. And uh, man, one of my favorite, uh, just a powerful words of Jesus in Revelation, where he's speaking to the churches and multiple times he's speaking to those who are in affliction and they're going through these difficult things and these trials and temptations. And, and he keeps saying, like, I know. Like he says, I know your afflictions. I know your suffering. I know your perseverance. And so it's like Jesus is looking and he sees it. He, he sees our perseverance. He sees when we say, when we're in the middle of temptation where we just want to curse God and die, but we say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I believe that God is good, even though everything I'm experiencing tells me he's not. I'm going to keep going toward him. And 
That's like Jacob, right? Who wrestled with God and he won. Jacob wrestled with God and, and, and God, you know, the angel of the Lord said, let me go. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you give me a blessing. And what a picture of like what you've done and what you are doing, where it's like you're wrestling and like, by all appearances, it's like God is saying, let me go just like abandon, abandon faith. And like, I think God lets, it says he tests the righteous in Psalms. It says the Lord tests the righteous. He allows us to go through these things to show us like the faith that we have and then to refine it. And so you've kind of been like Jacob, who's, who you're refusing to let go of God, even when there's these circumstances that are like trying to rip that away from you. But you're like, no, I know God is the only one who can truly who truly gives an answer to this life. He's the only one that can make sense of why there's trees, you know, why there's trees outside, why I have this, why love exists, why anything good exists. God's the only explanation for that. He's the only reasonable explanation for that to give any real purpose or meaning. And so, yeah, I think, man, that's, that's a great thing to end on. It's super encouraging. I'm so glad you shared all that because it's just, that's, that's a huge thing for you to be able to be eight years out and be able to say, like testify to say it's worth it to stick in it with God, even though it's hard and it's going to be a process. Even if it takes five years, even if it takes 10 years, you know, um, like God will heal you. Like, just like, I know a lot of people don't want to touch the Bible, and I get it. I get it. I didn't want to either. You know, I didn't want to see it. I didn't want. I I hid my Bible, like mm-hmm. purposely hid my Bible, like in a box. Before, I remember before I moved over here to Seattle, um, I took everything with me, but I needed my Bible, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, like. I needed my Bible. I was like, no, nah, I need my Bible because, like, I don't, I know, I know the Bible, because the Bible itself can give me eternal life. Uh, God can. Yeah. But, like, the word, the Bible has a word of God. And, yeah. like, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really all I need for my soul. Uh, yeah. But, like, no matter what happened, no matter what happened to me in that church, uh, like, when I came out here, I packed up all my stuff. Like I got, I got my clothes, I got my cats, uh, I had everything with me. And then I was like, wait a minute, I need my Bible. <laughs> like I, I need my Bible. So, uh, God really, man, God has, uh, really, because, um, there's a prophecy in the Bible where they show me one time where they said, like, when you leave, if you eventually leave the truth, they said, um, God closes your spiritual eyes. I don't know. I think it was Ezekiel somewhere. Mm, yeah. It says God shuts your eyes. Like he closes your spiritual eyes okay. eventually because like you're out of the truth. Yeah. Um, out of the truth, you know. Um, and so they said like, uh, don't ever fall away because if you fall away, God's going to close your spiritual eyes. And honestly, they're wrong because eight years later, <laughs> like my spiritual eyes are still open. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like my real spiritual eyes, yeah. you know, like not not the spiritual eyes of you guys, but yeah. the real spiritual yeah. eyes that God gives, you know, mm. and like that's good, yeah. I, I mean, like I I I'm not, I mean I I can't remember every Bible verse that I had remembered in my head, yeah, you know, but I remembered the important ones yep. that stuck to me, yeah. 
And God is able to bring to your mind scriptures into, yeah, it's his spirit now. It's his Holy Spirit that can oh, teach you, that can yeah, live in you and that can like, as you're reading the word can actually reveal the true meaning. Like, I mean, and that doesn't just apply for members coming out. Of, that applies for everybody. I mean, that applies for me. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, but for, you know, 20 years, I, I lived in a Christian home, but I feel like my relationship with God became real probably when I was, you know, somewhere between 19 to 21. And, you know, at that point, what would happen is like, I always liked the Bible. I loved the Bible. I believed it was the word of God for 20 years. But I got to a point where I think what happened is I, you know, the Lord just humbled and brought conviction. And I just kind of humbled myself before him. And I remember a moment sitting in my bed and I just picked up the Bible and I was reading and, and man, this, this passage in first Corinthians, just like, it just like came alive. It's like this thing that I'd probably heard and read a thousand times over the years, but suddenly it's like, there's a difference between me just reading it and having men teaching me about it. A huge difference between that and having the spirit of God actually like open my eyes to see what this is talking about. And I think it was first Corinthians one, where it talks about, you know, Christ being the wisdom of God and the power of God. And like first Corinthians two, where the, the, the rulers of this age, they didn't understand who Jesus was, or they wouldn't have crucified him. And it's talking about Paul actually there is talking about spiritual understanding versus carnal understanding. He's talking about having a spiritual mind instead of a, a mind that's dominated just by our own mind and our own understanding. And so God is able to take his word now and what I think he can do with you and is doing in you is his Holy Spirit can, man, take this book that maybe for a while you just were kind of like had this aversion to, like you saw and just like, man, get that thing away from me. That he can actually take that and like open your eyes to the beauty of what it's actually saying and like just cleanse and wash over your mind. And that's what he wants to do, right? He says, Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what, what does that mean? It means he, God wants to have his word, have the spirit actually reveal the truth. And when it does, it actually changes the way we think about reality. And so he can do that. That's, that's part of the healing that he's doing in you as he's changing the way you think about him primarily. The church, the world and society has distorted and corrupted people's views of who God is. And so God, through his word, part of the healing process is he's going to take his word and his spirit now is going to become the teacher rather than these deacons and these, these blind people trying to lead you. The, if the blind lead the blind, you're both going to fall into a pit. And that's what happens with the world and society. But when the spirit of God begins to teach you, he opens your eyes and he re and what he's going to do is he's going to wash over your mind so that you can begin to think differently about this book, about the scriptures, and you can begin more and more and more to think differently about who God is. And what that's going to do is it's going to make you think differently about who you are. When you begin to see the truth of how God really thinks about you, that's like the key. That's the, that's the key. When you know how God really thinks about you. And he's revealed that in the gospel. He's revealed that when Jesus came to this earth and died for us, that's when God's given us the fullest display of who he is and what he thinks about us and what he wants us to do. You know, what it looks like to do his will is when God says, I love you. So, man, you're in an awesome process where God is taking your mind and he's washing over you with his truth, with his word. And he's going to, he, yeah, it's just like little by little, right? It's 2 Corinthians 4 where it says, um, it says from one degree of glory to another. So it's not, it's not like a, 
an all in one moment process for anybody. It's not for me. It's not for you. Like I'm still in a process of having become free from wrong ways of thinking about God. You know, it's just, it's just the condition of us living in a fallen world and being fallen humans where God has to like, man, I'm, I'm, I need healed every day. I need my mind renewed about who I am and who God is. And uh, I need spiritual eyes to see what God is really saying in his scriptures. But that's, that's what he wants to do, you know, and, and, and you don't need, you don't need the blind teachers of the world mission society to teach you because there is a blindness there. Um, and, and, but thank God that he's, he's taken the blindness off of your eyes and he'll do that. He'll do that for anybody. man it's been fun it's been a blessing for me to be able to talk to you and and uh, hear your perspective and and just hear the the perspective you you have kind of a unique perspective um seems like everybody we talk to has a bit of a unique perspective but it's fun to hear yours just having been out for eight years and and just the encouragement you've offered about continuing on with god is huge and that's everything in line with what our goal is for these videos. So I just really appreciate that. Well, and to all the viewers out there, man, uh, if you're a part of church or you or you're not part of church and you know about the church, uh, God is real, man. God is real. Uh, if you're in faith, keep your faith. Um, and uh, just one last thing. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And this helps me uh, cope with my mental health. Um, spiritual health as well um and really really i want to i want to end up on, i want to end this on a just a, a verse um where the god says uh love keeps no records of wrongs mm. um so this record that i have i just like i don't want to keep this record of like because god is love you know what i mean yeah God, God is love so don't feel like anyone out there don't feel like uh, like angry for God you know don't be angry at God because it's not his fault God put us in this for a reason well man I thank you thank you for coming on and, and I just want to say uh, for members too and you kind of briefly mentioned you know just that desire that hunger for the word hunger for hearing the word and preaching and so that's kind of becoming something that at great light studios we're trying to do a little bit more is is my goal is to to move beyond just making video like anti wms cog videos like that's at the end of the day that's not my passion that's not why we started great light studios our purpose like my heart is to teach and and preach the gospel and so we're I mean, you can go to greatlightstudios.com and I we're working on, we've been working for the past two weeks on setting up a resources page where we're we're going to have all the World Mission Society, Church of God videos there. But then you can also search like different topics um, about Christian life, about temptation, about, um, about the character of God, about what the gospel is. Um, and so we're just going to start compiling resources that we're going to try to make. And, and, um, and, you know, I'm teaching at house churches and stuff like that. So we'll probably try to collect some of those, those teachings where it's, it's our heart just to kind of 
hopefully that can be a service to some of you who are you're coming out and you still you know you know there's truth in the Bible, but you know the world and society has got it wrong, but you still want to know what's true. And so our our heart is just to kind of help with that process and provide resources where you guys can hear the the Bible tie. And we don't claim to know everything. We don't claim to have the Bible fully figured out. You know, we're but but we are confident about who Jesus is and who He's revealed to be. And so we we try to stay pretty close to home and staying around Him and. Yeah. And so I just encourage you, if, if that's something you guys think you'd be benefited by, just go, to, you can find that on our website. Again, we'll have, we'll have links to that in the description of this video. Um, so that's there. And then lastly, I just want to ask, man, I, I just love to pray for you real quick and pray for oh, p other people in your position brother. and just yeah. kind of lift, lift up you and others who are in that position to, to the Lord. So. Would you be okay with that? Let's pray. Let's pray, man. Yes. I love prayer, man. I love prayer. Yeah. So, yeah, Father, we just, God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we, th we thank you that you are a God who loves us. I, and I just thank you for your love for every, God, you love every member of the World Mission Society Church of God. You love each of them. You know them. And like you say, you know, God, the hairs on their head. Um, and, and, you know, you say that not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your will. So how much more is, is it your will that's fully overseeing every experience, every difficult experience that these guys have had, that, that Nathan's had and that those coming out of this group. Um, so God, what we're just praying, we're praying what Paul prayed for in Ephesians, God, for, for the eyes of, of their understanding to be opened. I pray that as they um, are in this group, as they're, as they're even around your scriptures, God, that you would open up their eyes, their spiritual eyes, Lord, that they wouldn't, they, the things that these, these teachers are teaching them, that, that they don't even understand the Bible, they can't understand it because their eyes are blind. I pray, God, that by your spirit, that you would, God, just open up blind eyes to see. I, I pray that, God, I pray that people would know the truth of who you've revealed yourself to be, God. That you're a God who has revealed yourself in the person of Jesus. And Jesus is enough for us. I pray that above everything, people would get that, that Jesus is enough, that what he did is enough. Jesus said, it is finished. That, like Hebrews says, over and over, you've provided eternal redemption. That that you it says you sat down at the right hand of God. If you if you sat down, that implies that the work is done, and so you've brought a true Sabbath rest for us. Not just on Saturdays, you've brought Sabbath for us every moment, a rest and a peace with you, God, that comes through knowing you. And so I just pray for Nathan, just bless him. Thank you for this process that he's in. I pray that you'd bring healing, more and more healing to him, and freedom in his mind that he'd be able to love your word and understand it. And all those who are listening to this, who hear this, who are watching this, who are um, wherever they're at, God, I just pray for revelation of you. I pray for those who are confused and tired and wanting to just throw, throw in the towel. I pray for encouragement for their hearts today. Encourage their hearts. And uh, yeah, Lord, and just pray for this. Yeah, even this conversation, this video that you would do with it what you want, Lord. And and all the messiness and the, the length of this conversation, God, that you just take it and we just ask that your will be accomplished, God, that you put it before the people that you want to that you want to see this. And I pray that you'd soften hearts that are hard right now. Those who are watching this that are disheartened, that are here watching this just to argue. They just want to prove that the world and society is true. God, I pray that by your spirit, you'd soften their hearts, that they would be willing and humility to just listen to the things that Nathan is saying, uh, the things that are being said. 
and to think, Lord, to actually use their minds to think about these things and to search them out. And not just, don't just take, don't just take Nathan's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. Just go and look into these things yourself. And uh, yeah, God, so we just end by thanking you, thanking you for who you are, thanking you for your goodness. Thank you for the peace that we have in you. And we just ask that we would know you more, Lord, that you would grow us in the knowledge of you and, and love for you and love for all those around us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,